What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I am joined by Lennon Burton. Lennon, how are you doing this week? I'm doing spectacular, my brother. Saturday, Saturday, by the time you guys hear this, we are two days away. Saturday, May 22nd. Saturday, May 22nd is going down. Pitch it is back. Christian Hollinger versus Cash Carbon, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. West Coast. I'm super excited. We They're getting their questions tomorrow, so you guys be ready for it. It's going to be Liddy live. Twitch.tv slash bros who think. What did Christian say? His Or what did you say Christian's nickname is? The Silent Assassin? Oh, or? Christian, the Silent Assassin Hollinger, baby. The Silent Killer Hollinger. That's his nickname, man. He is that. And then Cash Carbon, the fucking, the bandito. <laughs> he is the bandito. <laughs> Forever, like when you see what he wears at this match, Schubert, dude is gonna be dressed like a supervillain, the bandito. He's gonna be wearing a suit with a turtleneck, some glasses that he don't even need. His his interview dropping tomorrow. You are gonna see his All attire. Right, no, no. <laughs> dude is wearing. I was about to ask. Dude is wearing an outfit and with glasses. My my guy has twenty twenty vision. He's a clown. He's a villain to the max. The bandito versus Christian, the silent. Assassin Hollinger. He, he's has, quiet, quiet killer. Who has Not good Toro. taste in uh, favorite an- anime characters. Oh, yeah. See, I, I knew you would like that. Yeah, his favorite character, Zoro. Oh, yeah. Zoro's the man. So, pitch it. It's going down. Uh, we're super, super excited about it. Me and Ian will be on the call. Schubert, maybe, depending on some last-minute things. But It's, it's looking not- like it's um, 75% ago. Ooh, Schubert might be on the call. Let's go. This pitching match is getting better by the moment, but it, I'm excited. This is going to be a great match because I've just from what I've talked to Christian about on the side, like Christian is so serious about this now. Like Christian is like, oh, I'm coming for your belt, Lynn. Like you have these people fooled. Like he, he knows he's like, you're a son of a lawyer. I know you have been bred to debate. But just know I'm a son of a lawyer, too. I have been bred to debate and he has. And like Christian is is super smart. He's he knows anime. He knows sports. He knows music. Funny enough, his weakness, in my opinion, is like movies and TV. Like he knows the IP. But in terms of directors, actors, that type of stuff, that's his weakness. But he said he studied. Yeah, because because now that we've getting deeper into the question base, like now you're starting to get stuff like questions if but this movie were to happen, who would you cast? Sort of mm-hmm. like, those are the kinds of questions that like, that's where if I was someone who was picking all categories are difficult because they're very limited with the music. Uh, sports ones are all pretty much my difficult fields. as fuck. Um, <laughs> like I choose music before I choose sports. Like I yeah. would never choose like, and, and I'm ready for, I'm like, me and Chris are probably going to do an exhibition because he wants to do one, but in anime only. So that'll mm. be like my tune up for my championship match. But like when I'm bad doing regular again, my goodness, I'm trying to like, see, I'm baiting them. I'm avoiding sports so that the people choose sports so I can give them, give them what for. But I do not want to choose. I will never choose sports. If it, it's if only it was movies, me, TV, I would, uh, if it was or me, music. I choose choice every time. 
Mm. Do we have an anime choice now, or is it that still in is that still in movies and TV? Because if there's an anime category, I'm picking that for sure. There's no anime category. There's yeah, it's in questions movie and TV. in TV yeah, for sure. Um, and there, yeah, and then there was that choice question: pitch a series as an anime show. Mm. So that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm trying to get it. But big pitching match this week. Super super excited. But Shuby. Man, I sh- I'm, I feel bad. I went to the movies. I didn't tell you I was watching something this week, and I watched Wrath of Man, the new one of your your prototypical action movie, your dad movie that's you, your style that I've grown to love with Guy Ritchie directed, Jason Statham starring. This is typical Guy Ritchie, like Lock, Stock, and uh, uh what is it? Uh, smoking Lock- Barrel. Yeah, Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels, and then uh, Snatch, that type of shit classic movie and to me guy Ritchie hasn't missed since the gentleman i know it's his first movie since but this this movie (laughs) felt like it's in the world of the gentleman and i hope guy Ritchie continues to tell these stories and maybe have like an underworld guy Ritchie universe because i could see matthew mcconaughey versus jason statham it's like two mob bosses a great movie but very different from the gentleman Jason Statham is surgical in his killing. He's a killing machine. Wrath of Man. Check it out. Uh, and on Letterbox, I re- I rated it three out of three stars, baby. I was about to, I was about to say, what what bad Guy Ritchie movies has there been? And I was like, oh yeah, King Arthur. <laughs> yeah, King, King Arthur was. But we like King Arthur. I liked it at least. I thought I it was a. DVD. I thought it was like a great popcorn film. It's nothing special, but like I thought it was a good popcorn film. Yeah, because I was going to say, I was like, I don't really dislike many Guy Ritchie films. Me neither. Um, They're always entertaining, to say the least. Yeah, because, I mean, I you know, I even thought that his Aladdin was fine. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, That's a fact. Man of Uncle is all right. I Sherlock like Man Holmes. Uncle. I, I own Man Uncle, and I love Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Yeah. And no, see, the thing is, Guy Ritchie has... I like his action shots. And the thing is, he didn't have that many in Wrath of Man. He kept it more like the gentleman. He's been... He, he toned those down in his more real-life things. But in Sherlock Holmes, when we get the slow munch motion punching, or in King Arthur, when we get the speed uh, sword slices, I love that Guy Ritchie shit. What's this Revolver movie? I've never heard of this one. Jason Statham, Ray Liotta, Andre 3000, and Mark Strong. Oh, it's probably not that great. <laughs> it's 6.4 out of 10 on AMDB. Ooh, it's not okay. bad. I might have to check that out. Revolver. I'm trying to think Revolver. of what else I watched this week. Um, I, I rewatched Departed, classic Martin Scorsese shit. Loved it. And I'm just waiting to watch Tenant, man. I've just been slowly just waiting to rewatch it for the perfect day. Oh, I feel that. Um. I got through some pretty good stuff this week. Um, have you ever seen A Time to Kill? A Time to... I know it's on HBO Matthew, Max. Matthew McConaughey uh, is a lawyer for Samuel L. Jackson. No, I have not Ooh. seen it. You, you should watch it. It's pretty good. Oh, uh, I watched much. Escape from New York. That's what I watched. Oh, great. Great movie. Great yeah. movie. Loved it. Shout out to Snake Plissken. <laughs> I, I think that, I, that movie has to be remade. I, I was so just bad. about to... And I don't want it to be a movie, though. Oh, yeah. Ten episode Netflix. Ten, ten, not Netflix. Ten episode HBO, HBO Max or Amazon show. I think we talked about this. Freaking amazing. I think we talked about this when I watched it the first time because I was saying, like, I don't even know if you dropped the president in first season. Like, I think mm. you put it in at the end of the first season. Cause, and like, I would oh, and get, get Snake get, in there. Uh, get early Snake just so can, in there. Just so we can get acclimated. 
Mm. Because like I felt like a lot of that stuff happened way too fast. That's and, true. I'm not mad at that. Hold on. I'm about to let's think of recasting Snake Plissken. I know this is super early in our show, but this is what Bros Who Binge was made for. We're supposed to do tangents. We're going to give you the news. Let's think of like a, a, a young Snake Plissken who could be in our HBO or Amazon series. This is why we're this is why we're good at pitch it. This is why we what created the son? game. Oh, Wyatt. I don't know. And see, I was thinking that, but I'm ch- I'm looking at young actor list right now. I don't know if I'd want Wyatt. Just being honest. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this could be something that like someone can really use as like a springboard. Mm-hmm. Like a name that popped in my head that's probably out there is like Miles Teller. Like mm. he could use this. He could use this uh, that project because like it would be sort of different for him. He would be. Uh, and if you wanted, you know, different race, I think that would be big for John Boyega. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. See You're a different side Henry of Golding him. earlier. Henry Golding. That's another one who it would be big for. Um, I'm trying to see some others. Uh, oh, our boy, D.O.B., Dylan O'Brien. I think that would be good for him. That would be good for Dylan O'Brien. Better than Love and Monsters or whatever. That's a fucking fact. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. C- yeah. could be something big for him, springboard, because he needs, like, a, a franchise-type deal. Um, I'm trying to think of some... Uh, underrated... Not- Underrated movie that he was in, Ingrid Goes West. He is really yes, good in that movie. Yes, Ingrid Goes West was actually a pretty good movie. Like it's it's good for a lot of people now. If you go back and watch it, because a lot of people are you know, it, a lot of people are on Elizabeth Olsen now. Go check out Elizabeth Olsen in that movie. It was pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah, know, she Aubrey, wasn't Ingrid Goes West. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza and Aubrey Plaza uh, was Jackson. great. I loved Aubrey Plaza. And I can't Either, remember. You know, I'm who, an Aubrey Plaza stan. Can't remember who plays the the men. That's gonna bug me, but later. I'm trying to later see some other some other snake pliskin uh some other snake pliskin possibilities like the best actors under forty. Like I'm mm. tra- not it's not Tom Hardy. I feel like he's too old. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where like also if we're trying to do it as a series, then you got to like think about some of the guys who are running TV. But I'm thinking like I'm thinking HBO. Amazon where we could get anybody like I think we need to get that out of our head Schubert that stigma of TV actor because like if it's a Netflix show I agree with you but HBO Amy Adams is doing HBO shows and fucking Netflix movies like it's we're past that time now or or am I off with that Uh, I still think that there are some people that are like like Sarah Paulson for example Sarah Paulson is Is a TV actress actress. yeah no that's for sure that's for sure I don't deny that I, I feel like they're still specifically TV actresses, but I also feel like movie actors st- can do TV. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, it's way harder for a TV actor to do a movie than it is for mm, got a, one. a movie actor. Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, I mean, he needs it. He needs Talking it. Talking about Guy, Guy Ritchie and King yep. Arthur. <laughs> Scott Eastwood could use it too. Yeah, I don't know if he'd be good in it then. I just watched him in Wrath of Man, and I liked it. Oh, was he all right? Yeah, he was not bad in Wrath of Man. He was actually pretty good. <laughs> I know we ate on Scott Eastwood, but that, that was just one I just thought of. Um, is Zach Efron's too pretty, in my opinion. I don't want Snake Plissken to look like Zach Efron. <laughs> he can get there, though. He could. I think one of the Hemsworth could use it. Yeah. Either one. Yeah, and oh. for people and for people who haven't seen this movie, you should go see it. HBO Max. Yep. Is, I think it's a, 
only 90 minutes, 100 minutes. So not long at all. John Carpenter directed. And the final one I got for you, and I think this is my favorite choice of all, Sebastian Stan. I am a big Sebastian Stan guy right now. <laughs> yeah, he would he would really work in that for mm-hmm. sure. I know people would um, say typecast winter soldier type situation, but fuck it, bro. I like Sebastian Stan as a soldier hitman type situation. Uh, yeah, um, but going back to the movies we were talking about, like, yeah, you need to go watch Ta- a, t- a Time to Kill. That's on HBO Max, too. Okay. Um, what else you been watching? Because I, I just jumped. I, w- I watched, uh, you, you talked about this last week, but I watched it this week, Boogie Nights. Nice. Did you like it? Weird fucking movie. Weird PT- movie. I did PTA, really like it. super weird movie. Mark Wahlberg as Dirk Dinkler. <laughs> it was It was probably the perfect casting there. And then fucking Julianne Moore just smanging Mark Wahlberg. Such a fucking wild movie. Yeah, all sorts of people uh, kind of get their careers jump-started. And then you know? John C. Riley, Don Cheadle. Yep, but there's a person in this movie that I love his roles in these types of movies. To me, he's like the perfect oh, supporting actor. I think I know you're talking about. Frank from fucking Shameless. Yeah, William H. Macy. Yeah, William so H. Macy. Bro, I, I was watching um Fargo the other day when I told you, the last time I told you I was watching you, Fargo. It's good and in Fargo, then, yeah. Then watched Boogie Nights and was like, I thought of a whole idea of a movie for William H. Macy just because I think he kills it at acting and he's like the perfect supporting. He is like under that Gary Oldman, under that like Steve Buscemi, like character tree. Like he's the perfect character actor. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of Gary Oldman and Julianne Moore, I watched Hannibal this week. Ooh, nice, nice. Which I actually preferred to Just Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Just because, like, Silence of the Lambs, I understand why it gets the critical acclaim that it does, and especially for Jodie Foster's performance. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if Julianne Moore was a better Clarice than Jodie Foster, but it's just different. It's a different Clarice, and I feel like she still kills it. And, yeah, it's um, definitely a different Clarice. That is true. And, and Gary Oldman and his, uh, you know, prosthetics as the <laughs> victim of Hannibal is great. And Hannibal, all of his stuff in like Europe is really great. It's, it's a good movie. Yeah, 100%. Anything else you watched? Lateral. Oh, nice. Now tell the people you were wrong for not having Jamie Foxx on your list and having Tom Cruise too low. Yeah, I was. Now I, was I got wrong. you with I, I Brad Pitt. I had him on the list. No, you had Tom Cruise. He was like in the late twenties because you redeemed yourself because you were like you have yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you Brad Pitt was in the it was twenty two. Tom Cruise was like twenty five. Jamie Fox was not on the list. Mistake. Yeah, yeah. Collateral's great, bro. Tom Cruise, normally yeah, American sweetheart, like the- and he was a villain in this. He was a great villain in that. Oh, he was a fantastic villain as the hitman and, or whatever. And Jamie Foxx played Meek so well. And then when he switched it and was like the badass, it was like, that's Jamie Foxx, I know. But just think about that. Jamie Foxx had Ray and Collateral come out in the same year. What oh, wow. a fucking smash. What a year. Yeah, because I mean, like one of my favorite scenes in Collateral is Jamie Foxx with Jada Pinkett Smith in the beginning. Yep. I'm like, oh my God, like... Jamie Foxx is like all the way out here right off the bat. Yep. Flirting with Jada Pinkett Smith in such a non like flirty, normal Jamie Foxx way. Like in and it just showed his range well, I mean, as an I actor. Believe the character. I just mm-hmm. like I believe that this is an actual person. And then like when Tom Cruise comes and like digs on him or whatever, I'm like, 
I could see where like his digs are like correct. And like Jamie Foxx is like, oh yeah, like maybe like that is kind of my life. But that's why I had them so high on the list. Jamie Foxx fucking killed it, bro. That was, I'm so happy you finally watched it, but it's perfect yeah. because now you, now you're into Michael Mann. So when we do our top directors, you'll have Michael Mann on there. But I need to watch yeah. some of your directors because I be sleep sometimes on some of them other movies. Like, I got you with dad movies, but I need to, you need to put me on, like, comedies and fucking rom-coms and drama. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, the other thing I saw that was a drama with Tom Cruise was Vanilla Sky. I don't know great, Vanilla Sky. great movie. Yeah, I had to watch it because, like, uh, you you know the classic Kanye line, I feel like Tom Cruise on Vanilla Sky. I was hella oh, high. Yeah. I did an accident like Geico. I could keep going, see? But that I loved Kanye West at the time, so I had to watch that movie. Vanilla Sky, crazy fucking movie. Vanilla Sky is wild. It's, it's fucking weird. It's like you get to the end and you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> the twist? What a twist? The twist? I was because like the whole because like before the twist came, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this movie. And then like the twist came at the end, and I was like, whoa. What the fuck? Changed the entire <laughs> landscape of the movie. But Tom Cruise has another movie like that, Magnolia, which you need to watch. All right. Pete, Paul Thomas Anderson, PTA. Paul Thomas Anderson's right. a weird fucking director, man. From Boogie Nights to Magnolia to fucking... Have you ever seen um the uh, fucking... Magnolia starring William H. Macy. I know, that's my guy. I told you, know. With, and Julianne uh, Moore. With Joaquin Phoenix and... Uh, what's his name? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Master with Amy Adams. Oh, the master. Yeah, it's bro, on my list. Yeah. That's a fucking weird movie, bro. Jeez, but... We've we've vamped a, a long time now, but and that's what, and it's the beginning of the vamps. Yeah, exactly, and that's what Bros Who Binge is for. We've just been we've just been really we'll, watching we'll probably, movies. We probably won't review too hard today, and mm-hmm. we haven't even said that we're reviewing. We're reviewing Nomad Land and Sound. Yeah, of Metal. And, and Sound of Metal. But I'm, I'm gonna be honest; those reviews are gonna be like pretty short because and they're kind of gonna be lumped together. Yeah, we didn't really like those movies. Just being honest with y'all, but that's why we talked about fucking Vanilla Sky Collateral and just did like a whole snake a- escape from New York. Yeah. Escape from New York recasting. That's what you get from Bros Who Binge. You get excitement about movies. We just love this shit. And we didn't love those Oscar movies. But I digress. But should be whatever you're ready. But man. still stay to the end because we are going to do our, the beginning of our top 10 for the actresses. Yep. For our actress list. And I'm super excited to talk about that and see. See, Schubert's been kicking my ass in the actress list. I'm going to acknowledge it. I kicked his ass in the actor list, but my actress list, I'm I'm just, uh, I'm not confident in it, man. I'm just being honest. I'm not confident in it. I got you. So, I got you. I had to do a little bit of shuffling today, but I got it settled. Nice. But whenever you're ready, I'm ready to get started. All right. I'm ready. Let's get going. So we talked about Guy Gardner getting cast last week, and now As, Alan uh, Scott. Finn Wittrock? Finn yeah, Finn Wittrock. Yeah, Finn Wittrock. Um, now, Alan Scott has been cast in the Green Lantern series. He will be played by Jeremy Irvine. Don't really know much about him. Nope. Don't know too much about him, but I mean, looks the part. Alan Scott is a, a LGBTQ community character, which is dope and diversity. But also he's the original Green Lantern, the Green Lantern that his power isn't the same as uh, the other Green Lanterns. Like normal Green Lantern uses willpower to portray this emerald light that uh, is projections or constructs. And his thing is powered by something else. And it's like, 
I think it's like, I don't want to say they're real constructs, but they're different. Hold on, give me a sec. Because Alan Scott is a weird Green Lantern, but this is cool. Glad he got casted. And you said already that you just want to see more of casting for the show. So they're rolling it out now. Yeah. Um, I was looking at Jeremy Irvine stuff. Uh, he's been in Warhorse, uh, Fallen. If, that, if that's what I think it is. Is that what the Angels? Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, not a lot, not a lot of stuff here, but hey, you know, this is his opportunity to shine. It is. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And like for for Alan Scott, I didn't. I was looking up stuff about Alan Scott beforehand. I never saw. Oh, his weakness is wood. Like, yeah, he's yeah. just. It's a weird. It's a weird character, bro. Well, this- what I was gonna say is, I never saw the LGBTQ connection because he got married and had kids. Yep, he was hiding it. Yep, he was hiding it. Okay, but yeah, I just never saw it. Yep, uh, but, but like it's but, only but in. His, but his son is. So I don't know if you got that mixed oh. up. Obsidian. Oh, well, I, I know he's supposed to be in this show. So that's, okay. I mean, that's oh, why. Yeah, that's I, right. Because we, yeah, it was in the synopsis. It was in the synopsis. Yeah. But his powers are different. His powers are weird. It's like some, it, it, it's not necessarily. Yeah, he's not, he's not a lantern. But he is, though. That's the weird thing. Like, he's not a lantern part of the lantern community, but. He's the first Green Lantern. It's fucking weird. It's like weird. something called uh, Starheart. Starheart Empowerment. Yeah. He, yeah. he controls them. Like, it's an artifact made by the Guardian still, but it's more magic than anything. Yeah. And it's like that's a green, it's like a green fire too. Such a weird character. But, but see, that's what this, that's dope about HBO running DC now, or DC partnering with HBO. We're going to get all these different characters and all this different stuff. And this just makes me excited for things like the Blue Beetle thing, the Static Shock stuff, because that means we're going to dive Bad deeper. Girl. Bad Girl, we're going to dive deeper into that lore. So I'm super excited. Yep, speaking of Bad Girl, they, uh, they finally have director. Nice. Plural uh, for the Bad Girl movie, uh, it's movie on show, HBO huh? Max. Oh, it's a movie on HBO Max. I think it's a movie. Mm. Um, and they've got the, the duo behind Bad Boys for Life. Nice. Adil El Arbi and Bial Fala. Nice. Um, Bad Boys for Life was a solid movie. I never saw it, but... I thought you saw it. No, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen the first two. Didn't your mom see it? Maybe. That twist at that end, bro, that's the shit. That's the shit, but these guys... Solid directors. It was a it was a decent movie. I wasn't I was more mad at like other things about it. I wasn't mad at the direction. But this just gets me excited for Batgirl, especially for our next story. The Matt Reeves, huh? The Matt Reeves Batman universe is looking good. There's no way Batgirl's not gonna be part of Robert Pattinson's Batman universe. There's no way, especially with this next story. Yeah, and I mean I think that these guys are up and comers, especially because if, I feel like Bad Boys for Life was like their breakout. It was. Some, yeah, so like I feel like they're really up and coming here. So this is a good opportunity for them to get on with a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't go female. Yeah, true. They'll probably um, get a. They'll probably get a a, a lady writer, well, but also is. this there is probably going to be. Writer. They're probably this is probably a person of color because of Je- Jeffrey Wright being. Uh, uh, African American bad girls probably gonna be a person of color, and they chose people sure. of color directors. So, yeah. So but we'll that's see if, how... 
that's if they keep it in the uh, Robert Pattinson universe, or and that's if they use Barbara Gordon. I assume they're using. I would say please do at this point because, like, I think what makes Marvel so successful at the moment is that we know what we're getting from everything. It's like everything falls into this. As much as I, as much as I love DC, continuity is an issue, and that's people's biggest complaints. I understand that you expect people to be able to differentiate, but. People are dumb and they don't like to like and Marvel's just doing it so well that like, okay, cool. You can have a multiverse, but have some continuity with things with Batman. Keep it Matt Reeves's universe with Flash. If you want to do Flash, be the multiverse guy, have his have him go to different things. But like whatever universe you're in with those characters, don't have Batman have Matt Reeves, but then have Batgirl be some different universe Then have. Uh, Robin be some different universe. It doesn't make sense. Keep all of Batman together. Like with Superman, whatever this Supergirl is, it makes sense. She's a person of color. It makes sense they're doing a black Superman. They, I feel like they're keeping that in that universe. That's all yeah. we want is continuity with our things. Which is where shows like Titans and Doom Patrol, you get a little bit worried about what they're going to do with all that. I just feel like that's going to be like part of the multiverse. And whenever yeah, they do whatever they do a big HBO or Warner Brothers movie, those people can make a cameo. What I'm saying with that is, is let's say if that was going to be your HBO Max specific content, mm-hmm. what if all of the other HBO Max specific content fell within? Oh, the, that, that stuff. Universe? Yeah, that man. Titans, could. It could. It just depends on how good they go with this upcoming season, season. and, and like what it, Brendan Thwaites wants to do. Yep. And how flashes flashpoint affects all of this. Yeah. Again, flash is the linchpin to this, but if anything, I'm excited for the Batman universe. I think Batman is going to be whatever Matt Reeves is doing between Batman, Gotham city PD, this, and what I'm about to read next. I feel like this is going to be the best stuff we've ever gotten from Batman. And with that being said, a new Batman animated series has been ordered at HBO Max and Cartoon Network with Batman the Animated Series co-creator Bruce Tim attached as executive producer. Batman the Cape Crusader will be executive produced by Tim along with J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves. We are beyond excited to be working together to bring his character back to tell engrossing new stories in Gotham City. The trio said the series will be thrilling, cinematic, and evocative of Batman noir roots while diving deeper into the psychology of these iconic characters. We can't wait to share this with the world. Schubert, does this not get you excited for Robert Pattinson's Batman even more so now? Um, I'm more excited when it comes to this story about this Batman. I get it. Robert Pattinson's Batman. I get it. But, okay, let's talk about this, and then I'll talk about how it relates. For this story, this is incredible. You get J.J. Abrams, you get Bruce Timm, someone who knows it, and Matt Reeves, someone who knows the character. I'm super excited about it. I don't think it's going to connect to the early animated series because the new Batman looks different. And I assume they're going to tell a a little darker, more mature mystery story for this one and have the next story be the lighthearted kid story. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For the next story. For the next story. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I think this is going to be pretty much Batman animated series redone for the new age. Like I've, I don't think they're going to stray too far from that because it, the tone was great for that. So, you know, it just depends. I could see like this fulfilling. I, I think I know where you're going with the Matt Reeves connection and, and, and this show. Um, but you know, they even say it in the quote, 
where you know the series will be thrilling, a, cinematic, and, and it's a reimagining. This, bro, look, uh, I'm not gonna say that this animated series is gonna be Matt Reeves's Batman in between years. I'm not gonna say that. I don't think it's. No. I think it's gonna be a standalone. That'd be too complicated. That'd be too complicated. But this tells me that Matt Reeves respects Bruce Timm's work. This also tells me about how Matt Tomlinson wrote this, and his favorite Batman is Batman the Animated Series. Matt Reeves's Batman movie will be the best Batman movie we've ever gotten. I'm 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 betting it. I believe it. We saw. Did you see the leaked photos for for Riddler and how he looks like the Zodiac Killer? Everything about that movie invokes noir, mystery, thriller, and it's gonna be comic booky. I know people were like, but the Riddler doesn't have his cane and stuff, bro. He does not have to have that as long as the essence of the characters are there. That's gonna be there. But he's he's not he's not doing Nolan. He's doing his own version of it. Like Nolan was very realistic, grounded in reality. I don't think this is going to be grounded in reality. I really don't. I think it's going to be neo-noir, comic booky, animated series-esque. I really believe yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could I could see where that would be the direction that they would go with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about that Batman movie, but you know, having the series will definitely be good. The one thing I am concerned about is the style. Mm. I haven't seen much about how it would look. You didn't see the um, picture? What, like, I haven't seen a still of, like, what the character would look like. In the oh, show. go to Discussing Film. They have the picture of uh, how the Batman would look, like, with his new... They did long horns. They did classic, like, 1960s Batman attire. Like, that's why I don't but, think... like, is it 2D? Yeah, it's 2D. It's not 3D. All right. Yeah, it's 2D, but it's not. It's it's definitely not going to look like Batman the Animated Series, like the OG one. It it has mm -hmm. its own style, so I, I like it. But yeah, I it's see, definitely it's definitely not three three D. They're going classic two right. D. They DC right. knows they they're not doing that dumb because shit. the next story I was a little bit wary on that. It wasn't two D. It wasn't three D. The next no, one. but I mean it was still a little bit like and it reminded is, me of uh, DC superhero you know what i'm talking about like the kitty, superhero real girl. kitty and that's where i was about to go with this uh the next story is my adventures with superman with jack quaid lending his voice as the titular hero has landed a two-season order at hbo max and cartoon network produced by warner brothers An uh, animation my D my adventures with superman follows the adventures of superman and lois lane the animated series features 20 somethings clark kent the bright and driven lois lane and their best friend jimmy olsen as they begin to discover who they are and everything they can accomplish together as investigating reporting team at the Daily Planet. My Adventures with Superman follows Clark as he builds his secret Superman identity, embraces the role of the hero of Metropolis and perhaps the world. Lois now grooming into a star investigative journalist takes aspiring photographer Jimmy Olsen under her wing, all the while Clark and Lois are falling in love, sharing adventures, taking out bad guys, stumbling over secrets, and discovering what it means to be Superman and Lois Lane. This is the kid show. Like, Batman's going to be the more adult show. This is the kid show. This is going to be... Uh, Kid, you can become a superhero. Girl, you can become powerful. Lois Lane is this powerful, like, this strong woman. Superman's this young, strong guy. Like, I feel like this is made for kids between the ages of 8 and 15. I think it's going to be... It's not for of, us, uh, I don't think. The still showed it's not for no, us. No, 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 no. I, I, I disagree. I think it's going to be, like, uh, the way Camp Cretaceous is with Jurassic Park or where... It's going to be wrapped in kids' covering, mm. but going to be a little bit deeper. And, you know, mm. even the original Superman animated series, the original Superman animated series, you know, wasn't super dark. No, it was just Batman the animated series, but with Superman. 
but it wasn't as dark. Well, yeah, that's because Superman fights during the day. It was a, but, it was like, a, but but that's what I'm saying with this. Like, I feel like you know, it's just gonna be the normal Superman ambiance. Okay. Because I mean, like, they're telling a pretty serious story here. They're like, okay, we're gonna talk about how Superman became Superman. And we're gonna have him and Lois falling in love. We're gonna have you know him, you know Lois and Jimmy and Clark being buddy cop. I also like, feel that Jack Quaid's gonna do a kitty vote. Like I don't know, Shuby. I hope it's what you're saying. I hope it's it's now, kid masquerade, like a kid lens, but with a like adult themes and everything. It just like looks I've, childy for kids, but like I don't know. Well, like I go back to that Justice League show that I'm talking about again. It was super yeah, kitty. DC super. Oh, are you talking about Justice League action? Action. That's action was about. good. Action wasn't That's kiddie. what I'm saying. Action was good, but I mean, it was very kitty, like the way it, that it was. Yeah, kind of how it was drawn. was. Okay. Like, that's yeah, why I'm thinking, good. like, it, it, this could be like that. <laughs> oh, if um, it's like action, then that's great. What, um, what would make this series 10 times better is if Billy Butcher came in and killed <laughs> Jack Quaid for being, being a soup. <laughs> that would be fucking amazing, but that's all we got in the world of uh, DC TV, so. Yeah, because we have one animated movie to talk about. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment confirmed that an Injustice animated movie will be the next title in the studio's slate of animated films, spinning out of the popular video game and comic series of the same name. An advanced sneak peek of the film will be available as part of the upcoming home release for the Batman The Long Halloween Part 2. Well, it's going to no be other... Part 1 because part, part 1 hasn't come out yet. Oh, I think it's going to be Part 2. Because two. Oh. Like, yeah, that's why I pulled off the article. Okay. And I think like... It's just going to be, be like, in the second know. one. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, the first I mean, one's not obviously, out well, I mean, like, but it's coming up and they, I don't think they have this done. So okay. I don't know how they could put a trailer on there. Or true. true, true, no, true, true. Other, no other details surrounding the project, including a voice cast or release date, are available, but this we kind of get an wrong. idea of what it would be because we played the video game. This is great news. Look, I have, hold on. I'm going to mess up the studio real quick. Hold on. Let me move. Deku and watch out, Kakashi. Oh, everybody just fell, (laughs) but fuck it, we got to. I have the entire omnibus of injustice. I love this story. I love, love, love this story. It is one of the best DC comics of all time. Let me put Deku back into where he belongs, and then uh, we'll get going. Kakashi, I'll fix later. Dude just fell in half. So, but Injustice is cinematic. Injustice is meant for the movie, TV screen, whatever screen you want. And I think animated is even better because now you get to show all the gore and graphic. Injustice yeah. is not a kiddie story. Injustice is not kid friendly. It, I mean, it's it's Mortal Kombat in DC. And but the story itself, Lois Lane gets uh, Superman gets convinced that Lois Lane is Doomsday, and Superman beats her to a pulp and and like throws her up in space because she has a nuke and she explodes with her baby in the stomach. And then Superman punches his hand through Joker's chest. Like Dick Grayson gets killed at the hands of Damian Wayne. Like uh, Superman kills Alfred. There are dark, dark, dark themes in this. And it is phenomenal. Everything. And I hope they include, like, see, 
I'm, I'm assuming they're only going to do the main storyline, but yeah, like, only there's, but man, if you could go into the stuff, like what happened to Tim Drake, what happened to the teen Titans? Like there's so much to injustice. What, what about the God, the, the gods of wonder woman's world coming down, Zeus and them coming down to, to kick Superman's ass because she could, they, they corrupted wonder woman. And then Superman kills all the gods. Like there's so much crazy shit. I hope this is a two part movie yeah, or a three part movie. Cause that would be amazing. Yeah, because this this would be a good one to do two parts for, um, like know, I like think, Dark Knight, like uh, the Dark Knight Rises. I think uh, the fans can thank Invincible for this. I feel like Invincible is one of those series that's like, oh, well, if if Amazon can do this, then we can definitely do something. And, like and this. I'm I, you got to think Invincible. I think Invincible marked the response of getting us a new Batman the animated series, getting us this Superman stuff, getting us this darker version of of injustice like we were getting animated dc content but not this much and i think invincible showed that the people want it and dc was like wait hold up we were the kings at superhero animation let us take our crown back yeah i think it's i think it's really good news that we're getting multiple of these animated stories uh this week because that's something that we've been clamoring for from dc you know that you is really are killing the animated game i mean it's like looking at what Marvel's doing, you know, I, you know, I will live and die by that Drake Bell Spider-Man series, <laughs> but everything else is trash. I, I stand by the nineties. Uh, well, I'm not talking about the nineties. Oh, well, then like, recent, uh, recent, like what have you done for me lately? Like, oh, well the most recent one, is the, one the Spider-Man one where, He's with all the different young heroes, like uh, so I'm talking about the one with Drake Bell, where he's okay. with Nova and yeah, Cage that's a good one. Iron when then he meets all the one. other Avengers and stuff, and there's yeah. yeah, no, that's a good spot. But other than that, like that What If series does not look that good. Like I'm being honest, the animation scares the shit out of me, and I feel like that's just gonna be MCU nonsense. Like what animated DC animated properties do tell incredible stories, stories that that are arguably better than the actual live action and better than Marvel's live action. Like DC's animated stuff is some of the best superhero well, stuff it was, out. It was like the first time where, you know, in nineties X-Men gets, gets into this too. When, if we're talking Marvel, but where you watching a TV series that reminds you of the comics that you read. And like, that was what the Superman and Batman animated series of the nineties, the early justice league. And arguably they did it better than the Spider-Man comics animated. at times. Like, if you look at, just look at the DC TV run from the late 90s to the mid 2000s with Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Static Shock, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, all of those, and Batman Beyond, all of those things told stories that all connected to each other. And it was a universe that were the best versions of all these characters, man. Like, from the Justice League, you got Wally West's Flash. You got John Stewart's yeah. Green Lantern. Those are our Justice League members, and I feel like that's the disconnect with DC right now. You have a whole group of people that grew up on that version of the Justice League, and that's what you need to uh, you need to shoot for those versions of the well, characters. And, and that's why I never really understood what the whole push was for Superman and Lois. Like, like not the, just that show, but just in general of like even this, like pushing the Superman and Lois love narrative because like what we grew up on was like Superman and Wonder Woman. What well, it know, was Batman they, and they Wonder Woman. Don't do that. 
But I mean, like, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman 2. Yeah. Mean, there, was like, there was like a love triangle. But by, but by the time you got to Justice League, it was 100% Batman and Wonder Woman doing a thing. And Superman was like, Superman was kind of asexual. He was like, he was with Lois, but he didn't really show it. Yeah, yeah. But, but my thing is, and that's why I, I champion this Matt Reeves' Batman so much, because I feel he and Matt Tomlinson love the animated series. And if that movie works, I guarantee you we're going to start seeing more things that reflect the animated series instead of uh, the comics. Because, and that's why I think they're doing Jon Stewart instead of Hal Jordan. Like, they're going to give us Jon Stewart Green Lantern as the young guy and Hal Jordan yeah. as the mentor. That's what well, you need. That You need to build the Justice League off of that TV series. You really do. By, by the way, what did you think of that thing that Zack Snyder put out or oh, that picture i mean it was cool wayne t car whatever i don't want him to be he's not going to be green lantern no, 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 don't no. want him to be but i thought it was a cool looking picture and i do want john stewart with the black suit like with the black uh black and green i definitely love that trevante rhodes john david yes. washington come sign up <laughs> that's who we want but that's all we got in in, in terms of dc land a dc yeah, stack so, part of the show early so we're gonna Love talk it. about the trailers now uh let's talk about the two quick ones real quick only murders in the building do you you did we were able to check that yeah, out I watched it. It was like 30 30 yeah. second thing it's uh steve martin martin short and, and, and selena, selena gomez. gomez yep and they're doing like a true crime thing in their building i thought it was weird is they're like a podcast trying to solve a crime and yeah. it's like fan- I, I thought it was non-fction at first i had to ask you like three times he was like no yeah they're fiction. characters yeah we you know haven't seen martin short martin short in a while like no. i mean steve martin in a while since fucking cheaper by the dozen that's the last time i saw a steve martin thing <laughs> Pink Panther, I think, was the last thing I saw. Mm, so because I think that came after Cheaper by the Dozen. It's just weird that Steve Martin, Martin Shore, and fucking Selena Gomez are doing a show together for Hulu. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, I'm not surprised to see Selena Gomez on Hulu because I feel like it's the only place we'll see her now. I think that and she has a the Disney connection. You know, she's well, still she working a, for Disney. Upright contract with Hulu. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's Disney, so you know, that's Disney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that interesting. I, I, I'll watch the first episode, maybe. Yeah, it depends on how long there are. If they're little 30 minute ones, I watch them. But an hour? Ooh. Um, next, next. <laughs> it's is hard to Disney... get you to watch a two hour movie. <laughs> You're right. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got um, Monsters at Work, the Disney Plus series. Watching the trailer makes me a little less excited <laughs> than I was. Makes me a little nervous. Originally. Gave me Cars 2 vibes. Tomato <laughs> 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 vibes. <laughs> But uh airplane yeah. vibes, you know what I'm talking about. Shitty Pixar. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it does have the original people coming in, but like it didn't have the vibe. It did not have the vibe. It didn't even have the vibe of Monsters University because that felt well, Monsters Monsters University was a whole different thing. Monsters University, I still ass. stand I still stand by Monsters University was the best pitch that came through Disney. Like mm. it was like, okay, when did everyone who uh watched Monster University uh, around that area, what 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 were the those kids' ages? Oh yeah, so they're all in college or leaving college now. Yeah, yeah let's do a Monster it University. It worked Jesus. really well. It definitely Jesus. did. This I don't know about this, so we're gonna have to see. Are we are we talking about the shitty trailer now? Can we talk about the shitty one like that you made me watch? That I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I, I don't don't be like I made you watch it because like <laughs> so many people in the movie TV space are like, oh yeah, dear Evan Hansen. They're super hi- excited they're, people about are hyping it. that up. Who? Yes. Who? Bro, I've been hearing about this this 
uh, project for like call those bums out <laughs> a year now. Like everyone's been like, oh, Dear Evan Hansen is gonna become a series or whatever. It's gonna be great. Oh but uh, ben, that- ben Platt, but, uh, Ben Platt's old ass, <laughs> looking like he's fifty. That shit looks like so high schooler. That shit was so trash, Hubert. Is it a musical? Like what the yes, fuck? It's a musical. Oh my god! Tell the people what it is. A- Amy, Amy, hold on. I think it's time we have an Amy Adams, Ryan Gosling conversation. Amy, you are the queen. I love you. You do amazing work. I, I said I would never, I'm, I don't tolerate Amy Adams slander. This is not slander. This is coming from a place of love. Stop doing stuff like this, Amy, please. Julianne Moore's in it too. I'm not gonna, I don't care about Julianne Moore. I'm not going to curse at you, Amy Adams, like I curse at Ryan Gosling. I'm going to talk with this tone because you are the queen and deserve to be treated as such. Please stop doing roles like this. Woman in the Window was decent at best. It was an Alfred Hitchcock ripoff of one of my favorite movies. And I just did not think it worked. Please, it was a rear window ripoff. Please, Amy Adams, stop doing stuff like this. At least Woman in the Window is better than my dear Hans, Evan Hansen. Because that shit looked, and this is not talking about you. I'm not talking about the movie, Amy Adams, so I can curse now. That shit looked fucking asshole, bro. Dude's lying about his friend dying. Like, what the fuck? Oh, it wasn't his friend? That's the whole oh, it's point. a random like, guy. Fuck. Well, it was it was some dude who was like nice to him one day, and then like I think he upset him somehow, and, and then the dude committed. killed himself. Yeah, if, if and then me, and, and then if I wanted then to watch something like this, this I'd watch Thirteen Reasons Why. Himself, and they're like, oh, I didn't realize that you were such good friends with him. He's like, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, bro. If I wanted to watch something like this, I'd go watch Thirteen Reasons Why. I, it, it feels like Thirteen Reasons. Why it did, it and I did not like any of this. This shit was trash. You said they're going to be getting Oscar noms for this shit. If this shit gets Oscar, well, I, I don't or, know if it's a movie or a TV. Series. Oh, if, if this gets any Emmy or Oscar noms, whoever voted for that needs to get their vote re- removed because that shit looked trash. Now, if it's good, we'll come on here and apologize but that shit does not look good plus it's well, a i don't musical. even want to watch it like after i watch that trailer i don't even want to watch it like it's just gonna yeah. be something that's gonna like make me mad because Same. like and i've never really enjoyed ben platt i'm sorry i just <laughs> never really have like i didn't enjoy the politician um he wasn't any of my favorite parts of pitch perfect no i mean never was so like, there's just yeah. nothing there's just nothing in here that's like really making me want to watch this movie uh, yeah. Except Caitlin Deaver, because I like Caitlin Deaver, but like, it's like it's like Caitlin Deaver, Julianne Moore, and Amy Adams. Like, what are you doing in this movie? Like, y'all are doing so well for yourselves. That's it, and that and you know, trash. But there were two good trailers out. Yeah, uh, the well, we have three left. Oh yeah, three good trailers. So, I'm sorry. So uh, let's talk about respect. Uh, that's the Aretha Franklin biopic great. starring Jennifer Hudson. Looked great. Schubert heard me. I was singing the whole time. Sock it to me, sock it to me, sock it to me, sock it to me. Let's go. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I'm ready for it. I, I told Schubert when we were watching, because we were watching at the same time, this gives me Jamie Foxx Ray vibes. This gives me fucking Rami Malek, uh, uh, Bohemian, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody vibes. Uh, I feel like me, it reminded me of like dream girls. It reminded me of, uh, the new edition biopic, but better quality than the new edition. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, Oh man. Yeah. And like what you said with Ray and I haven't seen Ray, but this is kind of like the same general vibe of the movie biopic. It's going to um, be nominated for an Oscar. Jennifer probably. Hudson's going to be yeah, nominated. I this I looks the other great. One, like, 
United States of Billie Holiday is, I guess, the other one that I would compare it to, but it's a little bit different. Like, this is more so about the rise to glory. Yeah, and that's why I said it's more like Bohemian Rhapsody and Ray. Yeah. Like, it's the rise and all the issues. Marlon Wayans looking like he's trying to get a good supporting uh, actor nom. Like, See, and that's why I said it reminded me of Dream Girls because it reminds me of like, what was Eddie it, Jamie Foxx or Eddie James, Murphy's character? Eddie Murphy and Jamie Foxx, both yeah. going for uh, supporting Oscar Rose and Dream Girls. So Jennifer Hudson's going to kill this. Uh, we're going to watch it when it comes out. It's going to yeah. be an Oscar nom. Like, shout out to Aretha Franklin. I love biopics because I get to learn about old people of the past about, who are legendary. I don't know about your girlfriend. My girlfriend's super excited about this one. My girlfriend just so doesn't I'm know. Definitely watching a, it. My girlfriend just doesn't know the movie exists, but she loves oh. every, when she cleans the house. Well, she listens to Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin, uh, all the all 90s, 80s, 70s, and 60s R&B. That's my girl's bag. Yeah, so, I mean, that's definitely going to be one to watch. Facts. Um, now let's get into our type, our bag. Well, do we want to do uh, the movie oh, or the TV well, show? Well, we can do the TV show first. It's all right, so let's do uh, the Netflix series Sweet Tooth was an executive produced by Robert Downey Jr. It's a and, DC yeah, comic. It's executive produced by Robert Downey Jr. and his wife, I believe. Uh, I think that's his wife and not his sister, but their production company, uh, Netflix is doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing HBO passed up on it. And uh, Jeff Lemire was like, well, let me take it somewhere else. And you got to keep Jeff Lemire happy because Jeff Lemire is one of the best comic book writers out and DC needs Jeff Lemire. And if this show works, I think HBO Max is going to bring on Jeff Lemire's Black Hammer or it's going to go to Amazon. I don't think Netflix is going to get it. I don't think Netflix is going to get it. Uh, let me say this. I don't want Netflix to get it. I want someone to get it who is like an HBO Max to do the Watchmen or to do a boys vibe. That's how good that is. But Sweet Tooth, it's an interesting premise to a young kid is like a mixed with the animals and like these races are trying to destroy all the animal children after they destroyed the earth. It's a weird listen, commentary listen on back today. when you say that and tell me if that's something that you <laughs> that's what I, like it, that's what I'm saying. Like it definitely, re, it, it definitely reminds me of Huck Finn. Like I definitely see that thing. Yeah, I, yeah. So, I definitely some, see something that. I said off air, but like, uh, and it, it and it's it's the flip though. Instead of having it to where Huck Finn is with the guy who is being attacked by racists, the black guy is with the the kid who is being attacked by racists. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's very much that kid on the run meets a drifter who follows who goes with him on the journey mm -hmm. um but you know we'll see how it goes it was one of those things where like you tell me the synopsis and i'm like uh eh, i don't know it, if I to me watch it's that. it's but, very telling that it's not on hbo and it's a dc property it's very telling that means that they just don't buy the pitch well it's like one of those things where it's like okay we're in the hbo max dc room we're like well, okay well, we're gonna put Batwoman or batgirl out we're gonna put mm -hmm. Static Shock out. We're going to put Zatanna out. Blue Beetle. Yeah. Blue Beetle. Batman animated series. Peacemaker. Superman animated series. Peacemaker. You know, the and then someone, someone's like, what, what, if we, what if we did this TV series with a little boy who's mixed <laughs> with a deer and goes off on a journey? The magical fairy tale journey. The sweet tooth. <laughs> Laughed out of the room. Yeah, like, but but you got to be nice. Like I said, you can't upset Jeff Lemire. So you're like, yo, go sell it wherever you want, Jeff. You are one of the best writers at DC. You have some of the best stories. And we may want to take on Black Hammer. Schubert, Black Hammer is literally like uh, in the way that four. the in the way that the boys and um, Jupiter's Jupiter's legacy spoofs Marvel and DC Black Hammer does. But you say Thor, 
Black Hammer, funny enough, is the Green Lantern of the series. He's mm-hmm. his the hammer's passed on. They have a Shazam, they have a Captain America. And it Schubert is the best comic book superhero story I've read ever in my life. It's it's the best superhero comic that is not Marvel or DC ever. And it, it deserves to be made. So that's why I'm gonna support the little dear boy Sweet Tooth, so we can get other Jeff Lemire stuff made. All right, but I would tell people to check out the trailer to determine how you feel about it. Like, again, the synopsis is a little off, but the, when you watch the trailer, <laughs> the trailer it looked does pretty look good. interesting. Yeah. yeah, it definitely did. We're going to watch it, so, you know. Um, And then the last one that we're really excited about is uh, the G.I. Joe spinoff Let's Snake get Eyes. it. Let's reboot the G.I. Joe universe. Let's go. They need to do this with Transformers. When you get competent people behind it, you get competent stuff. This Snake it's, Eyes this looks is, great. That's a good example because, like, you know, tra- Transformers, I guess the most recent Transformers Bumblebee. movie was Bumblebee, which was probably the best Transformers movie. Yep. And then, like, watching the Snake Eyes trailer, I feel like this is better than what we've Any been G.I. Joe. Joe. Any G.I. Joe. This is great for Henry, Henry Golding. He's about to have a franchise. This is great for Andrew Koji being a, a snow shadow as like the ultimate villain that continues on with him. Every time I see stuff like this, whether it's Simi Lemieux, whether it's Henry Golding, whether it's Andrew Koji, I'm just like, why did Net- Netflix choose John Cho to be Spike Spiegel when all of these guys are right here, all younger, all look like Spike Spiegel, all the perfect age for Spike Spiegel, but you go choose the old 40-year-old man who broke his leg on set when these guys are doing flips and kicks and sword fighting every fucking day. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a different conversation for a different time, but Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes look great. Snake Eyes looks great. I mean, you know, everyone has their stigmas about G.I. Joe-based things, but, you know, using the Bumblebee and Transformers example is a really good one because they kind of, you know, that... Was secret what, agent like ninjas was like this? Travis awesome. Knight did directed that. Yeah, Travis Knight. I, Travis Knight or Travis Flimmel? I think it's Travis. It's Travis Knight. I think it's Travis Knight. And so, like, bringing in a, a director who wants to to not do the same old, same old, not do the you know in Transformers, um, universe, the Michael Bay mm-hmm. deal. You know, bring in, do something different. Take your IP of Snake Eyes. You know, you're, this isn't. G.I. Joe, this is an offset. Do your own thing and mm-hmm. make and it build specific your to the character and then build the universe around that. So, yep. you know, the blueprint for what they're doing is great. And I think Henry Golding is the ideal person to put in the forefront as a lead actor. Mm-hmm. In, in today's Hollywood, I think that he, you know, I think he's one of those guys that could really push himself to the forefront of action heroes. He can be so. the next like action star. The only thing is the director has worked on RIPD, which was, wasn't that great. The time travelers wife, which was, mm, yeah. Yeah, don't do. Yeah. All right. You're talking all about right. what he would things that I wanted. I won't shit on it. And then the divergent series. Oof. <laughs> so not, I mean, like, but this looked good. He's they actually went to Japan. They stayed in Japan. They did everything right to train and get ready for this and get into the lore. And I think this could be great. And then um, and you see some G.I. Joe people in this, like you yeah. see some secret agents. Imagine if at, we get Duke next and like uh, it, Scott Eastwood is made for G.I. Joe, bro. Like if I'm Scott Eastwood, I'd be getting ready. Hey, you're on the Scott Eastwood bag. After I that. am right yeah, now. Crazy, crazy. Finally. But, but uh, next up, we got Dune will be released on HBO Max same day. The Warner Brothers PR person came out and said it herself on Twitter. So, yeah. Sorry, Denis. 
Sorry, Denis. You know, I'm, I'm, granted, you and I in December. Are probably oh, we're going to the theater. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm over it. I go to movies again. I am going to the movie theater to watch Dune. There's no way on hell I'm watching that on HBO Max before I watch it in theaters. No way in hell. That is yeah, a theater so, movie. I'm still trying to figure that out for myself, but by December I will have it figured out. Oh, she would you clown. You are clowning. Let me tell you this. Well, I mean, After- like. I, I tell you know once we get to the summer and like Black Widows in theaters like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go see it like I'm, exactly but I, like I just like we're vaccinated even if would, it, we're good well I mean even if you would have told me on Saturday that you were going I still don't know if I would have gone damn that's how bro I'm telling you being back in the theater felt so good I was in there nobody was in two feet of me I love my theaters like social distancing thing they still social distance I feel safe in there like it feels so good to be back in a movie theater because it just, I don't know if I'd have loved Wrath the Man as much as my house, just because I had the surround sound. I had the experience. Like, movies feel better in the theaters. They just do. They do. I feel like that's the case with that um, Angelina Jolie movie that came out. It probably would have been better in theaters. Yeah, because when I saw it at home, I was like, ugh. (laughs) I mean, it's just... I didn't really feel it, and I was already tired when I watched it. And then Dune's even more cin- Dune cinematic. That's the thing. Dune is meant to be. Yeah, Dune's in Dune. Yeah, Dune. You got to watch the theaters. But I do think it's good that they are going to release Sandy on HBO Max. I, yeah. I do like that trend. I, I, I like that trend to be able to be like, okay, well, I'm going to go see Dune in theaters, and then I'm going to come home and watch it. And watch it. Yeah, true. But you know they're going to end that come next year. Like the Batman Probably. will not. The Batman will not be released on HBO Max. Let me let you people know out there. The Batman is going straight to theaters. <laughs> like. No way. <laughs> so, yeah. but next up, the Wednesday Adams live action series at Netflix has cast Gina Ortega in the lead role. Wednesday was originally ordered to series at the streamer back in February is described as a supernaturally infused mystery charting Wednesday Adams years as a student at Nevermore Academy. Wednesday at Wednesday attempts to master her emerging psych- psychic abilities to thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town and solved the supernatural mystery that embroidered her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating her new and very tangled relationship at Nevermore. This sounds like Sabrilling the Chino Witch chilling adventures, but with Wednesday Adams. It just seems like they canceled Sabrina because they were like, oh, we can use the Adams family? Cool. Yeah, um, I do feel like casting Jenna Ortega is a proper draw. She's really hot right now, um, especially on Netflix properties. You know, she was in You season two. She's a voice on Camp Cretaceous. She is in. She got a, the juice. Yeah, she's got the juice right now. So it was a good casting to bring Jenna Ortega in to do Wednesday Adams. I also glad that they brought a Latina actress in there because true. Wednesday Adams at her core should be a, a Latina actress. True. So. I, you know, I think they're doing pretty good here so far. I'm definitely going to watch it just like I did Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. When it came out, when that came out, I watched it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched the first did. few episodes. You definitely watched so, it. So, like, I, I, that's the same way I feel about Wednesday Adams right now. I definitely feel like, like you said, it's going to be the same vein as what Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was, but I'm still going to check it out. Same. I'm yeah. I'm I'm a wait to see what you say, and then if you say it's good, I'll peep game. Yeah, I mean, I've always been an Adams Family fan. I really enjoyed. I, th- I don't. I wonder. I think it was on Cartoon Network, but like they had a cartoon animated series of the Adams Family when we mm. were kids. Yeah, I think I it was Cartoon Network. Shit out of that! It came on with the Johnny Quest block, like the late night yeah. Boomerang, and then it moved to Boomerang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it was. Yeah. And, but the the next story we got 
Mel Gibson and Alicia Cuthbert are going to join Josh Duhamel in the movie, the crime movie Bandit, mm-hmm. uh, an action thriller directed by Alan Ugar and written by Craig Winman. Bandit follows the career criminal who's been played by Josh Duhamel after he escapes from a U.S. prison and crosses the border into Canada where he assumes a new identity after falling in love and getting married. He claims to take a job as a traveling security consultant, but his daring crimes continue. After he turns to lifetime gangster Tommy, played by Mel Gibson, uh, for an investment and for an investment, his career becomes more complicated as he gets embroiled in the biggest heist in Canadian history, one that puts him at the center of a cross-country manhunt. All right, nice. Josh Duhamel and fucking Mel Gibson. Let's go. And Alicia Cuthbert. I'm dad movie central. And I just watched Lethal Weapons. So I'm digging some Mel Gibson stuff. And I just watched Josh Duhamel and fucking Jupiter Legacy. Even though I do think Timothy Oliphant is the better Josh version of Josh Duhamel. Like, I think like, I think Josh Duhamel is if if Timothy Oliphant's Coke, Josh Duhamel's check or fucking sure fine. Like the not or RC, RC Cola, the knockoff Coke. So shout out to this, but this, this, this could be cool. Yeah, it could be cool. We'll, we'll see more when it gets to like a trailer and all that. Yeah. But, to where uh, it's going to be. Cause this could either I be like a good crime movie. Heist movie. As, exactly. as long as it, it's not straight to DVD esque. Well, as long as it's not straight DVD esque and you know, we thought cherry was going to be this and mm. cherry was something else. So yeah, that's a fact. I don't want, I don't want a story on Josh Duhamel and fucking Mel Gibson's life is like their psychology and why they do what they do and they're all upset. No, I want to see the heist. No, I want to see, I want some heists. Yeah. And some manhunts. Well, that's, that's why you need see. to watch Heat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that next week, I mean, hopefully. Uh, so in, in honor of the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone release, two new unscripted Wizarding World specials are flying to HBO Ooh. Max. Uh, a Harry Potter fan quiz competition series and retrospective special will help find some of the biggest self-proclaimed Potterheads. The new specials promise to deliver the whimsical spirit of the wizarding world, challenging participants with hundreds of trivia questions and special guest surprises to discover who really knows JK Rowling's intricately detailed universe, like the back of their wands. <laughs> the nice. limited, the limited quiz series will include four one hour challenges followed by a, followed by the film retrospective a play along component will allow viewers to don their Hogwarts robes (laughs) and swish and flick at home. Casting is underway. This is fire. Like a trivia show based upon Harry Potter going to be on Cartoon Network, HBO Max and TBS. Let's go. Now my pushback on this, especially with the casting is underway. I don't think you and I could cast for this. No, this is like, this is, I think it is going to be uh, under 20. Oh, you think this is going to be kids? Mm Mm-hmm. Damn. See, I I was kind of hoping this would be people like 18 to 30. Like that's the people who grew up on Harry Potter. Like you're cutting out a demographic of people. You you are. So I'm wondering more if we get more information about this, but like thinking like, about I hope there's a, Cartoon I, Network. I hope there's a kid's version and an adult version. See, and, and it says there's two unscripted specials. And I never really within this article read that there was like a specific second one. Exactly. So it could so exactly it could be, be that. That's what I'm thinking. And if they did it that way, that's super smart. Look, HBO, this this whole episode has been HBO Max and Warner Brothers littered. This is what this needs to be. Give us game shows, trivia shows like this. And if this works, what's stopping them from doing a DC trivia show? 
what's stopping them from doing other things? Kind of cuts into the Schmodown territory, but I digress. <laughs> it depends on the style of how they're doing this. I think True. this is going to be more of like a Jeopardy style. Style thing. Yeah, and I, I would thing. love that. Something to where you can, you know, play along at home. There's prizes. I would compete if it's for, uh, if they do a DC one. Like, and I'm telling you, if this is successful, you can start seeing I would all, compete in this one. all kind of Warner Brothers IP. But you got my, anything my girlfriend else needs to, My girlfriend needs to be in this because we did a Trivia Pursuit. Harry Potter, she knew everything. Well, she let her get on there and win y'all some money. But uh, Schubert, uh, do you want me to talk about this Ultraman thing? Because, like, I'm not hype about this. It's 3D animation. The shit is, uh, like, me and Chris I mean, if, if you if you aren't hype on it, then we can pass on it. Okay. Because that's the only reason I put it in there, because I assumed you would know a little bit more about this. No, yeah, no, I'm not hype on this. It's not going to be good. Netflix's Ultraman has been bad consistently. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. But I am a fan of the next story. And shout out to my, to my shirt. Shout out to the gang, Bob's Burgers. We're going to the world of Adult Swim. The universes of four hit Adult Swim shows are about to get bigger. The Adult Animation Network announced on Wednesday the production of digital short spinoff series based on characters from Rick and Morty, Robot Chicken, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, and Aqua Teen Hunger Force are coming out. Each miniseries will consist of eight to ten episodes and will be available globally on Adult Swim's digital platforms. The Rick and Morty spinoff is titled The Vindicators, which is fire. It follows the superhero team following Supernova, Vance Maxim, Alan Rails, Krokubot, and Noob Noob on their adventures of fighting crime, saving or destroying worlds, causing trouble with Rick and Morty. Alabama Jackson, a stop-motion series based on the character of the same name, created by Donald Faison during Robot Chicken. San Diego Comic-Con panel details the many mishaps of the charming time traveler, the Emmy-nominated live-action show. Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell is returning for a fifth season, but this time as an animated series, a workplace comedy set in hell. In the animated version of the show, we will see the return of Gary and, of course, Satan. I think, actually, that's amazing for that show. Lastly, Aqua Team Hunger Force spinoff, uh, Aquadonic side pieces will explore the lives of side characters and villains such as the Moon Knights, the Plutonians, MC PP Pants, the Frat Aliens, Happy Time Harry, and Banana, the cybernetic ghost of Christmas Past. Everything that I just read is fucking amazing. The Vindicators is a win. The Aqua Teen Hunger Force thing is a win. The Moon Knights, MCP Pants, the Plutonians, those are some of the biggest characters. That's a win. And then the fact that my, your pretty face is going to hell is going to be animated, I think benefits that show so it much. It probably works better for them, yeah. That show was funny, but I couldn't take it seriously because the live action was kind of whack. And now that you do this animated, they should go and redo the whole show animated and just give me the money. I feel like that's what they're trying to do. I like I think this is brilliant from Adult Swim and everything they just I just read is going to work. The only one I'm not sure about is the Robot Chicken one. Yeah, I haven't watched Robot Chicken enough to remember Alabama Jackson. Me neither. Um, but yeah, the Vindicator stuff is really it's cool fire. Man, because like that's something that a lot of people were clamoring for when that episode came out. I was like, oh, man, we want to get a little bit more of this. Um, and I don't know enough about Hawk Team Hunter Force. Just know it's the same, it's the same, they feel the same same way about the Vindicators. Yeah, 100%. So that's huge. But that's all I got in the world of Adult Swim. Look at HBO Max running our fucking show today. Yep. Yep. Now we're going to talk about a Ryan Johnson property. Knives 2 has been, Knives Out 2 has been putting their cast together. Two more names have been added Leslie Odom Jr. and the lady herself, the MTV. Movie award winner herself, Catherine Hahn. We're in the Hanassance, baby. We're in the Hanassance. Let's get it. 
Let's bring fucking Knives Out 2 to the Catalina wine mixer. Let's go. Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Dave Batista, fucking Edward Norton. What a great fucking cast, man. What yeah, a great see, cast. Well, what, was, Monet. what I was telling you off air, and we said that we were going to save it here, is like, I don't really think that we can classify the Renaissance because I think what more people are starting to realize more so than her being cast in more things is that, oh shit, this lady's actually really great. And everything she's been in. And like, and so like now people are discovering when you like, when we, like when we did our run it back with Step Brothers, we're like, oh shit, Catherine Hahn was in that movie and she killed it. Yep. You know, it's like bad moms killed it. Like, oh yeah, exactly. man, loving so Catherine like, Hahn. Catherine, Catherine this Hahn is perfect casting. Super terrific and almost everything that she's done. So bring her into this mix. You know that she's going to be funny. Um, it's already a pretty interesting ensemble with Leslie Odom Jr., Janelle Monet, Dave Batista, you know, Dave Batista, Ed Norton. <laughs> like, like Ed Norton is this? is a superstar actor. Ed, yeah. Uh, Catherine Hahn's a great comedic actress. Leslie Odom Jr.'s finally and getting Janelle his credit for both. And Janelle Monet's an for Oscar. The music stuff. Yeah, like it's crazy. And then you got Dave Batista, this action guy who I told you been in Blade Runner, been in Dune. I told you. The Rock not going to be in Knives Out too, but Dave Bautista can do that type of shit. This is going to be great. I'm excited for this movie. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. And I'm, when I was telling uh, people about like the topics we had today, a lot of people were really gravitating towards this Knives Out 2 story. Just adding you know, the name Catherine Hahn, I think, is going to generate a lot of buzz. Uh, but a lot of people really love Knives Out 1. And the, you know, thinking about this sequel being... More so like the um, the Orient Express, mm-hmm. Kenneth Branagh ser- series, where it's just you're not following the same characters, you're just following the detective and a mm-hmm. new detective story. I they love it. Seem very serialized, very much like a Law and Order kind of deal, where like you know now we're getting the next crime. We might as well get Knives Out three. Like let's keep exactly this what going. I'm saying. Like I think you can keep this going for a longer term and just keep pumping out really interesting and ensemble. See, cast. The thing is with Daniel Craig. As much as like he doesn't like doing franchises, he, this one he gets to work with the coolest of people. He gets to work with Ryan Johnson, James Bond. But no, like he, doing franchises. But that he he said he's. But that's why this is the last James Bond. He was pissed at all that shit. And but well, shit, Knives, he did five. I know, but Knives Out to me is interesting for him because he gets to play a different type of character in Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc is not like the best detective ever. Like dude is like a clown. <laughs> Yeah, and plus, I mean, from judging by Knives Out One, I mean, he he only, I think, had thirty percent of screen time. I mean, mm-hmm. It's not like the whole thing is it, he doesn't have to carry the franchise. Nope, he it's all about the characters. It. Yeah, it's all about yeah. the ensemble. So I'm excited for this. Um, this is a really interesting story coming up next. Mouse Rat, band led by Chris, Chris Pratt's character from Parks and Rec, Andy Dwyer, will release a real life record <laughs> titled "The Awesome Album." The band's social media account has made the announcement and the album release on August 27th. Are we going to get a new season of Parks and Rec? Is that what they're gearing up for? I do not think so, but I think uh, Chris Pratt was bored during quarantine and got (laughs) together with some dudes and made a a Mouse Rat album, and now we're going to reap those uh, benefits. (laughs) That's cool. I don't know if I liked Mouse Rat style of music, but, you know, I'll check it out. The Pit. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. And then... uh, What's the fucking one besides the pit? Uh, uh, Lil Sebastian. Yeah. 
And those two have to be on the album. Hopefully. Have to. Hopefully. They have to. Uh, the next story, we got a Bridgerton spinoff is going to happen uh, about a young Queen Charlotte. Shout out Lil' and- Ridge. This and uh nobody watched this shit. along and uh, along with delving into the origin story of queen charlotte the limited series is also going to follow a young violet bridgerton and lady danbury who i'm I'm interested in this as well oh, you are okay because i did you. watch bridgerton and i did enjoy bridgerton <laughs> Ridge is definitely gonna text me right when you say that he's gonna be like see schubert watches it <laughs> yeah i mean i talked about it when it came out like i watched it legit like the weekend it, it uh came out i watched binge see, the you, whole thing you, you binge Bridgerton, but your ass won't watch Heat. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I was with my girlfriend. She was oh, enjoying it too. Okay. So, we, yeah, we binged Bridgerton and The Undoing in like one weekend. Solid. Uh, At least you did The Undoing. That's a great show. But, but uh, good for you, know, you Bridgerton this fans. Is, this is cool because like the one thing you always kind of assumed is like, you know, this queen, Queen Charlotte is, is a black lady and you're like, you're wondering, it's like, you want to kind of get the origins of like how that community is kind of like blended the races because like you get that sense in the series, but like, I kind of want to know a little bit more about that. How did it like become that ex- way? Yeah. yeah. Because like, it's not that it's, it's anything that's like super big po- politically or has like any sort of meaning to real life, but just kind of like understanding this world a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also going to touch on, Violet Bridgerton and Lady Danbury, which are two people who are like the mother figures to characters in Bridgerton. So you kind of get a little bit of them too. And okay. their connection with Queen Charlotte, who was a big character in the show. So I think that this is a warranted spinoff and uh, what's uh, Shonda Rhimes is going to be a part of it. So, you know, you can only trust that it's going to be good. All right. Uh, I think Bridgerton fans will be satisfied. All right. Good for good for y'all. So, Next up, we got Kevin James's new comedy home team inspired by Sean Payton has drafted the rest of the cast. Uh, we talked about him last week back from the dead. Taylor Laudner and, and tight bomb are among the actors rounding out the lineup of the new family comedy. Blum will play uh, Payton's son. Connor in the project rounding the cast films cast is Rob Schneider, Jackie Sandler, Gary Valentine, Maxwell Simpkins, Jacob Perez, Brian Tardy, Manny Mangus, Liam Kyle, Christopher Farrar, Merrick Mastrove, Isaiah Mustafa, Christopher Titoni, uh, Ashley D. Kelly, Lavelle Crawford, Alan Covert, Anthony L. Fernandez, and Jared Sandler. Sounds like this is the, the Adam Sandler crew here with Taylor Lautner. Back from the dead. Yeah, man, yeah, pretty much. But you know, he sees um, Robert Pattinson's Batman and Kristen Stewart doing her thing. He's like, "Yo, I'm gonna go be in that Sean Payton movie." <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, you, you know, get Rob Schneider. You know, uh, Isaiah Mustafa. The uh, straight up it, uh, Adam Sandler's Adam wife, Sandler Jackie crew. San- Jackie Sandler and his um, brother Jared Sandler. Yeah. So. <laughs> definitely a happy Madison movie, but yeah, you were right. We did talk about Taylor Lautner and where, where was he at? And now mm-hmm. here we go. Back in, and he's going to be in home team. And I don't think, when we, I don't think when we first talked about this story that we, that we've learned that Netflix is going to head it on, but I, think I thought we did the best place for it. Yeah. I mean, either yeah, way, it's, it's, Adam Sandler's, it. it's Adam Sandler's team and he has that deal with them. So, 
All right, right, but next up in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, Las Vegas is infested with zombies. In particular, one zombie tiger that instantly sank its undead fangs in the fans of heart in fans' hearts when it appeared in the first trailer. In a surprising turn of events, long before Carol Baskin became a household name in Tiger King, she was helping Zack Snyder and VFX team find a real life reference for the zombie tiger named Valentine in the film. Baskin was one of the few who offered to open her tiger sanctuary to the crew and observe big cats at the time they had just filming finished tiger king so nothing had been released we had no idea this is hilarious carol baskin always trying to get to the bread baby <laughs> hey this is before tiger king though you know so. she knew it was coming she knew it was coming she getting that bread but carol yeah, baskin. My, my question is if i watch the the credits of army of the dead is um is carol baskin or the um or her you sanctuary special, gonna thanks. Be listed? special thanks carol baskin because like that'd be pretty funny Carol Baskin killed him, napped him, wrapped him. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just <laughs> thought that time. was a really fun story to put in there. No, man. that's great. What an era, bro. We were on Tiger King so ahead of the curve. Like, I just remember us being before the whole sensation. We reviewed it. And then all of a sudden, after we reviewed a week later, the sensation takes off and it's the biggest thing since sliced bread in the pandemic. Yeah, and we're not done talking about Tiger King. We'll have a story later on. We'll talk about oh. those adaptations. Mm-hmm. But next up, we have CBS announces that Big Brother and Love Island are going to premiere July 7th. Nice. I'm ready for new Love Island. Um, that's part of their summer slate. Uh, if we have some time later, I can I can give you all this fall slates. <laughs> uh, Amazon is weeks into negotiations on a deal to acquire MGM for that's about big. $9 billion. MGM claims one of... Uh, claims one of the world's deepest libraries of premium film and TV content. Its 4,000 film titles include James Bond, Hobbit, Rocky Creed, RoboCop, Pink Panther franchises, as well as movies like Silence of the Lambs, Magnificent, Magnificent, Magnificent Seven, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. The MGM TV library includes approximately 17,000 episodes of programming, including a lot of the HBO. I want this for the reboots. I want this solely for the fucking reboots. Imagine the RoboCop TV series on Amazon. Imagine James Bond on Amazon. Like, give me the Amazon reboots. I'm ready for them all. I want them. And I think it. I think they're going to get it. They're making a Lord of the Rings TV series. They're going to probably do The Hobbit next. Give me Amazon partnering with MGM. Yeah, I think that this is going to be huge. You know, MGM doesn't really have a streaming service that really stakes claim to their properties. They're kind of scattered. And Amazon so, needs something like this, whereas so if HBO has Warner Brothers, Disney Plus. Like, Netflix just partnered with Sony or... I think, oh no, Paramount, Netflix is doing Paramount's movies. Sony is with Disney and Hulu. Like Amazon needs something like this to compete. And, you know, adding something that has a huge deep library is definitely something that'll help. So I think this is one of those big deals that you got to keep an eye on. If Amazon can wrap this up. Streaming wars, man. The streaming wars are heating up. Definitely. Um, We have a story about that later. But first, let's just mention that Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill are going to return for a Noel Holmes sequel. Henry Cavill. What are you doing, bro? I know you said, I know you said about Superman, but brother, brother, this is not the movie. Schubert's right. Netflix is owning your ass. Tell them people to give you a better movie than a Nola Holmes, my G. <laughs> yeah, like you should have at least been an army of the dead or something. <laughs> exactly. Like, he should have been the army of the dead lead, not Dave Batista. You know. 
Yeah, I was taking that over Noah Holmes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, here's the story I've been teasing at. So Hollywood studio, Hollywood studios and streamers latest trend, it seems is that they want to make multiple versions of the same story. <laughs> so there's chip. We've talked about Chippendale's founder, Steve uh, Barnergy's story and the movie that's going to happen with Dev Patel. Now mm-hmm. there's also a, a Hulu series that's going to star Kumail Ninjani. The Dev Patel one's going to kick the Kumail Ninjani one's ass. The Kumel Ninjani one's going to be comedy and the Dev Patel one's going to be serious about the Chippendale dude getting high on coke and shit. <laughs> I just Dev don't Patel know why we wild. have to have two. Like, we don't. It doesn't, we don't doesn't really make sense. We're we like, let's just to. take both of the big, big prominent Indian actors in Hollywood and let's make them <laughs> and play the same And give them the same character. movie. Yeah, that's Have them compete up. against each other. Yeah, that's I don't really understand that. I'm uh, Jane... Jane Austen's novel Persuasion is going to have two adaptations, one a Netflix movie starring Dakota <laughs> Johnson uh, and another from Searchlight uh, Pictures starring Sarah Snook. If I'm Sarah Hi. Snook, I'm pissed. Like, Dakota Johnson's doing the same movie I'm doing, and she's more popular than me. Sarah Snook exactly. better come with it. <laughs> exactly. You know, kind of talking back what we were going to earlier, Joe Exotic story. We've talked about <laughs> it many times. We know that Amazon has the Nick Cage story but that's the one that's gonna kill and that peacock has the one that stars cameron mitchell more most notably kate mckinnon as baskin Mm. so we'll uh we'll see how that goes but the amazon one with nick cage definitely be better yeah facts uh con artist elizabeth holmes story is going to be told in a movie by adam mckay starring jennifer lawrence and amanda seyfried will play the character in a hulu series oh my gosh if i'm if i'm amanda seyfried i'm leaving i'm not doing it like you're telling me i have to go up against uh adam mckay and jennifer lawrence after jennifer lawrence and adam mckay just made a, a movie with leo that means jennifer lawrence and adam mckay have a great bond no sir no sir i'm 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 amanda seyfried i'm quitting this shit um, and the last one we talked about last week, I believe, Church Axe murderer Candy Montgomery, that's going to be played by Elizabeth Olsen in a series for HBO Max. But Elizabeth Moss will also play her in a Hulu. Oh series. my gosh, bro! With this, who owns Elizabeth Moss? Like Elizabeth Moss, <laughs> you don't have to do this. Like, <laughs> well, my question with Hulu is like, why are you doing this to these actors and actresses? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's all there are Hulu. movies. <laughs> There are movies coming out about these people, or there is TV series movies about coming. Out. Why are you also doing it? Disney's like, and if this is the other people's problem, like if Hulu says they're going to do it, then why are you like stepping on their toes? Like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get like, it either. Is That's this, crazy. Is this, our, is this our next trend? Like, are we just going to have different streaming services doing the same movie? And we're going to have to decide which one has the better movie. Like, this is what this is making me feel like. I just don't understand, like, why, like, if I, if I watch the one with Dev Patel, I'm not going to watch the Camille and Johnny <laughs> one. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Like, no, you're absolutely right. I hope like this I, is out of the Joe Exotic stuff. I've told myself I'm going to watch the Amazon one. I don't care about the Peacock one. Yeah, me neither. Like, that's what and I'm we saying. Saw, like, we saw this fail with Jungle Book. There was the Disney Jungle Book and then the Andy Circus one that nobody gave a fuck about. That's very true. So, like, that is very they, true. They need to stop this. I, I I did not know this was a story. They need to stop this shit. This is crazy. It was just something that I saw on Twitter recently, where someone had like, I'm glad you brought this up. The stories and was like, this is crazy. How there's <laughs> legitimately four pr- things that all with are Hulu. happening. Yeah, pretty much all with Hulu, is, except for Joe except Exotic, for the Joe Exotic one. That's crazy. I feel bad though for Kumel and Dev. Like, like you said, that's fucked up. The the, well, yeah, the most two popular Indian actors, and you're gonna make them compete against each other with one of the most popular Indian stories. Yeah. 
Why? Yeah, Why? that's unnecessary. Like, I'm the one thing I'll be interested in checking down the line is if people start pulling out, and like, because mm-hmm. like I think at least for the Seafree definitely should pull out. Like, I like I'm not going up against Jennifer Lawrence. I think, Lawrence it's, I think and it's either King. her. Things either her series or Elizabeth Moss series that like was announced in seventeen and just oh, they've said off. they're still doing it, but mm. like, okay. Yeah, so one of those I think is going to drop. That's crazy. What a good story. Um, But here at the end, you know, American Housewife canceled. I thought that would definitely be. After I I told you, me and my girlfriend told you the series didn't feel the same when they recasted the little daughter. My girlfriend said the shit went to trash. It did. And now that it's canceled, a damn shame. That was a great show. But the little girl cost all the views. Insane. Um, and then if you want, I can go through the, the fall lineups. What you got? What you got for us? Anything fire? Give us the 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 hot. Well, fire. it just kind of gives you like a, a general idea of like what the slate will be during okay. the during the week. We got? Um, we'll start with NBC. So on Mondays on NBC, we'll start at uh, we'll do Central Time here, seven Central. You have the Voice for two hours, and then the newest season of Manifest. Okay. Tuesday we'll continue the Voice, and then the final season of This Is Us. Nice. Uh, with New Amsterdam falling behind. Wednesday is straight Chicago with Med, Fire, and PD <laughs> all back to back to back. That fucking shows. <laughs> um, Thursday. Med, Fire, PD back to back to back. <laughs> Chicago uh, Wednesdays. Thursday is going to be a little bit interesting as the fall goes on because in the summer we'll, we'll be getting like the ending of Superstore and the beginning of Brooklyn Nine-Nine in August. But once we get deeper into the fall, Thursday is going to be S, uh, Law and Order Defense, <laughs> Law and Order SVU, and Law and Order Organized Crime. <laughs> so we'll have the, the Chicago's on Wednesday and Law and Order, order on Thursday. On, that's nuts. <laughs> uh, and then Friday's the blacklist. But uh, going to, to Fox, Fox will retain their, you know, after the NFL. They'll do Simpsons, Great North. Oh, that! Oh, Great North um, is actually Bob, pretty good. Bob's Burgers and Family Guy. Shout out to Bob's B's best best family adult comedy. There are going to think it's adult. This summer they are do, actually doing uh, an animation deal on Monday. I, th- I think that's with uh, that Amy Poehler show. Oh, I like the Amy Poehler show with yeah, the, the Duncans. Yeah. But yeah. So like the oh, Duncans, Duncanville. Duncanville. Yeah, Duncanville and a different show this summer are going to be on Monday, but in nice. the fall it'll be nine one one and the Big Leap. I think it's a new one. Okay. Uh, Tuesday is going to be the Residents and Our Kind of People, which I also think is new. Okay. Wednesday will be the Mass Singer, which That's is what about I'm to wrap for. up next week. I'm excited for the new season of the Mass Singer. Who's the unmasked today? Oh, Marion. The unmasked nice. Marion. Nice. Uh, Thursday will be Thursday Night Football on Fox. And uh, Friday will be WWE. So okay. that's that's Fox's slate. Uh, ABC, they're going to have Dancing with the Stars and The Good Doctor on Monday. Tuesday will be The Bachelorette. That'll be Michelle's season Okay. By the, by the time we get to the fall. And Queens, which is a new show. Wednesday will be The Goldbergs and then the new series of The Wonder Years. Then The uh, Connors. The trailer for that. Yep. Then The Connors and Home Economics then A Million Little Things. Mm, okay. Thursday will be Station 19 and Grey's Anatomy, the classic the the hospital works. nice. And then Big Sky will follow that. Um, and Friday is as usual, Shark Tank. Mm. Shark Tank Fridays, love them. 
All love right. them. So, so, solid, <laughs> solid. The, the one fleet. that is left is CBS. CBS will do the neighborhood. Bob Hart's Abishola. Uh, the neighborhood NCIS. needs to be canceled so we can um, that's, get my guy that's out on of Monday. There. And they have uh, NCIS Hawaii starting this fall. <laughs> I'm so sick of that shit. Tuesday is all FBI. It'll be seven <laughs> o'clock FBI. 8 o'clock, FBI International, a new show. And at 9 o'clock, FBI Most Wanted. Oh, my gosh. What is up with the FBI, Chicago, and Law and & Order Nights? What is up with this shit? Is this, what, is this what old people are clamoring for? Because this is I network guess, television. We don't watch this mm-hmm. shit. Like Wednesday, uh, you'll have Survivor, which I'm excited about. Nice. You that's know, your, that, your, that's your, coming your back. Bag. Yeah. Tough as Nails. The other uh, unscripted reality show Check that and then out. a new season. drama then a new drama csi vegas <sighs> another csi how many ncis's and csi's are you gonna make uh thursday on cbs you'll get young sheldon the united <laughs> states of al which was renewed for a season two uh ghosts which is a new drama be positive and bull at the end okay. and it's a new time slot ghosts is a new drama but it's a 30 minute show okay um Friday you'll get SWAT and then Magnum PI and Blue Buds. <laughs> and, that's nice. it, and that's it. Good fall lineup. Thank you for the news, Shuby. Now it's time to get into the segment where we suggest one show or movie that drops either this week or that's been out for a little bit that we want to suggest to you. It is called Movie on the Rise. Schubert, what you got for us? Uh, the first one I got is um, so the reviews came in from Modoc and they've it's been good, really huh? strong. Mm. They've been really strong. They're like, you know, you can obviously tell that the people who are behind Robot Chicken did this. Mm, okay. The comedic and and the comedy hits. So I'm going to check it out. We'll see how it goes. I, you know, uh, so if you want to check it out, go ahead and check it out. It's pretty much Marvel's only animated, animated show. thing out right now, yeah. But it, it has nothing to do with the MCU. No, nope, nothing, zero. It's like Harley Quinn almost. Almost, pretty much. I mean, yeah, in, in a sense, it is. Uh, and then Camp Cretaceous, Camp Cretaceous season three is coming out. It's the Jurassic Park show on Netflix, which I would tell people to watch. It was one of those, like I was I've mentioning earlier that. on, well, like I was mentioning earlier in the show, it's wrapped in like a, in what you would think is a kid show, but people are legitimately getting eaten by dinosaurs and shit's blowing up. Like mm. people are dying in this series for real. So, okay. Like, it, 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 I guess like what I would compare it to then is more like Clone Wars Bad Batch. I mean, it's mm. that style of animation, but people are dying. Okay, I fuck with that. Uh, and um, then Army of the Dead. Yep, Army of the Dead week. does come out this Friday. That We're going to be reviewing that next week for sure. All right, for me, I got season three of Master of None. Big Master of None fan. When does that it, start? That starts on Sunday. So, you know, we're going to talk about that as well. We love Master of None ready to see how they progress the story. We told you, well, well we, we gave you a hint at what this season's going to be like word from Alan Yang himself. So, cause we got insiders and whatnot, but yeah, master of none this Sunday. That's what I'm going to say in, in army of the dead. Of course, I don't think there's anything new Hulu or HBO max dropping though. I've looked so hard. Looked Nothing. so hard. Hulu, newest thing for Hulu is Moda. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I thought there was a new Hulu. Doc- Is there not a new documentary somewhere? Or am I tripping? I th- you might be talking about what we talked about last week with the Lakers documentary that was announced on Hulu. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. 
Well, there is this show called Blind Date on Hulu that's absolutely hilarious. If y'all want a comedy oh, really? in reality TV, should it's called Blind Date. Is, is it unscripted or is it scripted? Unscripted, baby. Unscripted reality television. It's hilarious. One dude went on there and was like, my name is Slick. Slick two three. He's a forty one year old man, and the woman the whole time was like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Baby, I'm Slick two three. You're not gonna get nothing else out of me. I don't have a government. That's my name, Slick two three. And she was like, "You acting like a fifteen year old boy in a forty one year old man body. You too old for this shit." And she was like, "If you don't tell me my real name, I'm getting out of here." And she he said, "It's on my back." So she looking to read it, and it and it says Slick two three. And she threw the drink at him, and she walked away. She was like, "I'm not. I don't got time to be playing games with your old crusty ass." And he was like, "She was too naggy anyway," and he jumped in the pool. <laughs> Damn, Blind so- date. Watch it, ladies and gentlemen. It's hilarious. Wow. Well, <laughs> but that's all I got. Uh, let's hurry up and review these two shitty movies. Well, one was shitty, one was sad. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Let's let's clarify. Sound of Metal was not shitty. Yeah, Sound of Metal was not shitty. But honestly, Judas and the Black Messiah should have won Best Picture. Uh, if Nomadland won it, Judas and the Black Messiah should have won. If better Judas and the Black Messiah than Trial of Chicago Seven. Like both yeah. of those movies are better than these movies. Sound of Metal was better than Nomadland. I'm gonna keep it a bean. Nomadland legit was, and I, and Schubert told me it was documentary style. No, only one actor in it. I mean, it's I, not documentary style. It's literally just like no actors. Francis McDormand, an actress, yeah. is being thrown into this real life nomad community, and, and we're just and like and, and acting and pretending to be a part of this nomad. Community. Yeah, like, and her husband is this not died. Up? <laughs> I guess what I'm like is this not fucked up that like they're just gonna do this to these people who are living like be, well be, below their means, and we're just gonna exploit them like this? I don't really, I don't really understand that. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know how Chloe Zhao won Best Director. I'm sorry. I'm y'all, sorry. Y'all I, I overhyped think, this movie. Like, I, I think I don't understand. Like, I literally just don't understand. Like, some of the shots were very beautifully put. But I can say the same thing about Sound of Metal. And I can say the same thing about Juice of the Black Messiah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just like, I just don't understand, like, what yeah. the appeal was. Like, me neither. Know. Like, Frances McDormand was great. She's probably one of the only people that could pull that off. I understand why sure. she won Best I mean, Actress. Yeah. But the movie legit was just, like Schubert said, her pretending to be a nomad in, uh, with all of these other nomads. Real nomads. Nothing happened in the movie. It was literally just about her running from her past of her husband dying. That was it. And it was just her moving from place to place. The, that's all that happened in the movie. It was, no, it was nothing a commentary happened. about the actual reality of people who do this. And like, like the film commentary fine, was that it, it's dealing with guilt and people who run away from guilt and, and grief. That's fine, but like, is it, was it better than Judas of the Black Messiah that like no. told an actual real life story of something it was, that was and like- it was cinematic and was great on the big screen? Like, no, Jesse Plemons and Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya didn't act their ass off to lose Best Picture to that fucking shit. Yeah, like that's the one. That's one of the first films in a while that since like maybe The Artist, where I've just been like, why the fuck did that win? Why? <laughs> it got Schubert cursing. That's how you know it's bad. <laughs> because like, because I'll argue Shape of Water. Like, I've watched Shape of Water. I have Shape of Water on DVD. I think it's Shape of Water is a fantastic film <laughs> that is well deserving of its nomination. It definitely deserves Oscar. its nomination. But Nomadland, but no Nomadland. What the hell? 
I just like, felt like that was I told, like, I told Lyndon weeks ago. I was like, I tried to watch the first 20 minutes. <laughs> I could not get through it. I've been it. pushing it. I've been pushing it. Just because it was Chloe Zhao, people talking about how great director, great performance by Francis McDormand. I was expecting so much. Now I don't know what to expect from Eternals. Like, y'all really hyped this up to where it was going to be something spectacular. This movie, how many stars are you giving this on Letterboxd? I'm giving it two. Maybe even yeah, one and a half. Get five, right? So like, I'm doing one and a half, maybe one and one a half. And a half. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that's off. Like, it's got to be something like that. Yep. And so, all right. But sound of metal, I thought was really sad. Uh, shout out to the their name was I, the Black Gammon. It, let, me, let me look because <laughs> it, it, it did win Oscars. The band was Black Gammon. I think the name was of the band, and it was oh, about it? yeah. Um, I I'm trying to remember his, his name's not Roscoe. His name is uh. Hold on. Oh, I was about to say, like, the two biggest Ruben. things that I felt were really strong in this movie, they won Oscars for. I was like, sound? this movie this movie was, the sound was great, and it was very well edited. Yeah, Very it was. well edited. It was. Uh, I so thought like, Ruben was a, was a compelling character. I thought it was just, the, it was, this movie was about the downfall of him and not listening and just being addicted to what his life was and it was it was really about addiction, but not being addicted to drugs, being addicted to that lifestyle he lived and him not being able to accept that it's gone. I thought uh, Ruben, his his interactions with Lou were great. I thought. Yeah, his like interactions Paul Racy being the, nominated for supporting actor made sense. Who? Resumed being Paul oh, Paul Racy. Racy yeah, played a, a blue. He did a good job. Yeah, he, he did great. Um, Olivia Rizzo Cook did, did a good job. Great. Olivia Cook did good, but she. she Small role. Like, yeah. I don't know if you could have put her like you know. Look at that supporting yeah. actress category, and like you can't give it to her. Can, yeah, true. True. Put her in that mix, but like you know, it was all the nominees that it, all the nominations it got and all the wins that it got. I cannot argue, and I think that out of the movies that I have seen, out of the, what was nominated for the Academy Awards, it had the best sound, and mm-hmm. it was probably the best film edited film. So. I completely agree with it. Like it was one of those movies where I was like, I don't know if I ever want to watch this movie again. No, never will. I don't, never will. I don't think they did a bad job. I think and they did a really I, look, good job telling that story. It's not better than Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't think it's better than Ch- Trial of the Chicago Seven. But as Probably of not. now, until better I edited. see until I see Minari, it's third. Uh, we're, we're gonna watch Minari eventually. I think Minari will be better than this, though. I really I do. Think so. And if Minari's great, then I'm gonna be like, how did Minari not win over Nomadland? Yeah, I mean, especially since the the actress won sporting. I'm like, come on. Yep. So I look, Sound of Metal wasn't bad again. I liked the story. I thought Black Gammon was a cool name for a band. I thought all the scenes with Riz Ahmed, like having to battle with losing his hearing, learning sign language were strong scenes. I thought the ending when he takes the thing off and it's just him sitting in silence was strong. Um, I thought the ending was great. Yeah. I thought Paul Racy's speech to him about like get out of here, you got to leave was great. And it's like a, you're you're like an addict talking. You're talking like an addict. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, like there's there like some really scenes in here where you're just like, damn, like it's sad, Super but strong. it's just like so this, real. This reminds me of like Manchester by the Sea type sadness of like, and Manchester by the Sea was like one of the saddest movies ever. Never want to watch that movie again. And this gave me, I'm not gonna say similar vibes, but just similar turns of sadness in in the sense. Yeah, I feel like this movie told us a story of something that was real and realistic and realism yeah. where like Nomad 
hit us over the head with actual realness. And yeah. I was just like, we don't need actual realness in the movie. Exactly. Like, we need to learn something or, or, or experience something new. I would give Sound of Metal on the character. Like, I just don't, yeah. really, I just don't, I don't feel like I've learned anything from Francis McDormand's character. I don't know. I guess. That's what I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, I don't know why she really won that Oscar either. Like, it's I'm just sorry. because like, she I kicked just, ass, though. Like, with what? Like, she didn't do just anything. The, just the way she was, like, her facial expressions, like, the way you felt with her Anyone doing grief. Anyone that. I'm just, I'm just telling you why she won. The way she I handled mean, grief. You, like, I just don't understand. I don't get it. I'm like, with you. I'm with you on Chloe Zhao. I'm with you on Best Picture. I'm not with you on Francis. I'm just not. I thought. Well, it's just. There was other movies that were in there where they literally did a tour de force of acting. And I'm just like, Francis McDormand did not do anything <laughs> in this movie that was like Andre Day, for example. Like, I mean, Andre Day legitimately played a crowd. Oh, yeah. You, 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 just, you're, you're on that Billy Holiday kick. I just, don't under, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. <laughs> she has been championing that Billy Holiday movie for a while now, man. I'm just being honest. It's a good he movie. Pro, he was pro Andrew. It's very Day. similar. To Sound of Metal, where it's like it's a movie that's super sad and I never want to see it again. Yeah, but uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I was gonna say something about Sound of Metal. I think I don't know, but I was just. Uh, but in terms of Oscars, I guess next we're gonna do Minari at some point, and then yeah, and then we'll be done for the year. Is there anything else? The Father? Oh, I'm not watching The Father with Anthony Hopkins. No sir, <laughs> no sir. <laughs> no thanks. Let's see, what was Promising Young Woman is the other one. Oh, we're watching that. And, we're yeah, going to do a double that. feature of, of Minari and Promising Young Woman. We definitely watch a Promising Young and then, Woman. And then the other one we haven't seen, or I guess maybe I haven't seen it, maybe you have, is Mank. Oh, no, I haven't I haven't seen Mank yet. That's the fucking, uh, I don't know if I want to watch that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch that. That's Well, I it, didn't want to watch No Man Land, so I'll probably watch it. It's about the creation of Citizen Kane. Have you seen Citizen Kane? I have not. You have to watch Citizen Kane before you watch Mank. Oh, then I'm never watching it. <laughs> Mank, exactly. So, well, Citizen Kane's on HBO Max. But, all right, let's get to the actress list. Enough, enough Nomadland, enough Sound of Metal. I'm sorry, Schubert, you were right. For three weeks on this, sh- a month on this show, you've been like, bro, let's not do it. Let's not do it. Please, let's not do it. You were right. I apologize. <laughs> But I just wanted us to be, I didn't want people to say, wow, they only talk Marvel. They only talk DC. No, we talk all movies. We love all movies. But like this shit was trash. Y'all were off your rocker. And they had the nerve to say Tenet was bad. Don't ever talk to me about movies again. (laughs) Every person I talk to, I'm like, I'm like, have you ever seen Inception? Like, oh yeah, I love that movie. Like Tenet's better. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. All right, let's get to our actress list. Um, so you want to say twenty five through uh through oh, uh eleven again? I don't, but I'll try. Yeah, go. I could go first while you get yours. All right, twenty five for me was Uma Thurman. Uh, twenty four Diane Keaton slash Alfre Woodard. Twenty three Judy Dench slash Helen Mir- Mirren. Twenty two Octavia Spencer. Twenty one Tessa Thompson slash Cersei Ronan. 20, Nicole Kidman, 19, Angela Bassett, 18, Natalie Portman, 17, Emily Blunt, 16, Scarlett Johansson, 15, Margot Robbie, 14, Lupita Nyong'o, 13, Sigourney Weaver, 12, Jane Fonda, 11, Julia Roberts. All right. Yeah, I had um, the trio of Jennifer Lawrence, Rachel McAdams, and Brie Larson at 25, uh, the Hepburns, Audrey and Catherine at 24. Uh, 23, I had Susan Sarandon, Diane Keaton, 
side note on that, I saw the movie The Clients, Susan Sarandon, terrific in it. And nice. it's it's on the Roku channel for people who have Rukus. Check that out. Uh 22, I had Michelle Williams and Renee Zellweger. 21, I had Emma Thompson. 20, I had Margot Roby. 19, Regina King. 18, Sigourney Weaver. 17, Nicole Kidman. 16, ScarJo. Uh, 15, Natalie Portman. 14, Jodie Foster. 13, Glenn Close. 12, Helen Mirren. 11, Tilda Swinson. So starting with 10. Yeah, start with 10. Is where I have Saoirse Ronan. Ah, uh, okay. See, Saoirse made your top 10. All right. All right, I'm not mad at and that. I feel, and I feel like, you know, where she's at in her career, she deserves to make the top 10, but not too deep. All right, I'm not mad at that. I'm not going to argue that because, you, like I said, you're killing me in the actress list right now, and maybe that's, uh, maybe well, that Saoirse Ronan's my like, Brad Pitt. <laughs> and, like, Saoirse Ronan is going to be in the top five at the end of it. Appreciate oh, yeah, it. for sure. Um. And when we get to our top five, we'll talk about honorable mentions. And I feel like there's some young names. I'll go ahead and say one. Florence Pugh. I feel mm. like it's going to be a, a top tenor by the end. Yeah, but, Florence Pugh's going to be up there. She's part of that Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Margot Robbie, Cersei Ronan, Tessa Thompson class. Like, 100%. Exactly. Yeah, those are all good right, names. For, for me, at number 10, I think I might have her too low. But I'm going Julianne Moore. I feel like Julianne Moore... I feel like Julianne Moore has to be a top 10 actress. Like I said, I may have her too low from what she did in Boogie Nights. Absolutely incredible. What she does in uh, Magnolia. Absolutely incredible. Wait, what you going to say? Hannibal. Hannibal. Hannibal, Great. Um, She's been in. I'm trying to see Don John. She was in crazy weird stuff. Crazy Stupid Love was a great uh, Julianne Moore performance. Absolutely loved it. She was in Eagle Eye as the voice of Aria, which is nuts. Um, Hannibal, like you said, Magnolia. Shout out to Julianne Moore. Might have her too low, but I definitely think she's top 10 worthy. One of the best actresses of all time. I can see where like you probably put her in there because she has done some stinker stuff. She has. She has. Like I would say uh, her Kingsman role was pretty... Pretty poo-poo. Yeah. So, all right, what you got at nine? Um, At nine is where I have Julie Roberts. Ah, okay. Like I said last week, she is the voice... She was the biggest actress of our generation. Like she was the one that like when you heard, when you thought of rom-coms, when you thought of actresses, you thought of Julia Roberts. Yeah. I mean, actresses in general is who I thought of. And I really want to watch Aaron Brockovich and see like the one that she won the Oscar for. Cause mm-hmm. I mean like watching something like a Pelican brief, like she does Change your opinion on her, huh? Well, I mean, it's not like it changed my opinion of her because I had seen her in all of her other things. and I thought that she was a terrific actress, but it's just like, she is more than just, the romantic the rom-com, and yeah. the rom-com movies that she gets her biggest credits for. So 100%. You know, she definitely deserves to be a top 10 just based on notoriety. All right. For me, then my number nine, I had her higher. Schubert made me put her lower. Well, not made me, but he, he, he talked me out of it. Cause they had, I had some actresses that definitely should have been ahead of her, but I think when it's all said and done, she is top 10 worthy. She's top five worthy. And I know Schubert's going to hit me with, a lot of recency stuff, but I'm going to hit him back with a lot of her earlier work. I'm going with Regina King. You see her start off in Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Higher Learning, Friday. Uh, she was then in em- Enemy of the State. She was in Jerry Maguire. She was in uh, 
a lot of these smaller roles, but then it goes daddy daycare, legally blonde to Cinderella story. Ray, she starts picking up steam, Miss Congeniality starts picking up more steam. And then it goes 24 this Christmas, uh, our family wedding. And then it's like, okay, we're picking up more steam. She was in Shameless. She had a little small thing. She did the Boondocks. She shameless. She's the voice of Huey and Riley Freeman in the Boondocks, picking up more steam. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, we go leftovers. We go American Crime. She wins an Emmy. Seven seconds, she wins an Emmy. If Beale Street Can Talk, Watchmen wins an Emmy. Uh, she's She won an Oscar. She is absolutely fu- nominal and I, I understand this is actresses and I have to use TV for her because between yeah. Watchmen, American Crime and The Leftovers and Seven Seconds, that's some of the best performances an actress can do and I believe she won three Emmys for each of those performances which hasn't been done in a while. Okay, so yeah, in 2019 she won an Oscar by Best Supporting Actress in Beale Street Could Talk. In 2020 she won Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series with Watchmen. In 2018 she won Outstanding Lead Actress in Limited Series 7 Seconds. And then in 2017 she was nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actress in uh, American Crime. And then in 2016 she won Best Supporting Actress in American Crime. So Oh, and she won an Emmy in 2015 as Best Supporting Actress. She for which one? For American Crime. Yeah, she was terrific for American Crime. Like, I, like, like I said, when I had her, where I had her at. I mean, like, legit. Like, you can't deny that she's a great television actress. She's done. She's done some of the best TV shows there have been, and some of the and best prestige, TV performance and pre- prestige TV too. That's the thing. Yeah, for prestige TV, like stuff that people are going to be watching. When we're in a nursing home. Yep, that's a like, fact. And then she's about to be, she's about to be in the harder they fall with Zazie Beats, Idris Elba, and uh, it's it's basically a western. So I'm super excited for that. Look, Regina King, I think when it's all said and done, is a top ten actress. She is killer. And if you include all of her TV stuff and then throw on that she has an iconic role of both Huey and Riley Freeman and has been in some of the best black movies of all time from uh, Friday, has an important role as Craig's sister, uh, Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Higher Learning. Well, not an important role as Craig's sister, but she's in the movie. She has Craig's a role. A role. But anyway, Watchmen, iconic character. Uh, Beale Street Can Talk, Seven Seconds. American Crime, The Leftovers, and then Huey and Riley Freeman. Iconic. You can't deny. Iconic. Yeah, I mean, like, that's why she made my great potential moving forward, not only within her acting, but also directing. directing. She's about to be, like, so, a, a force, a powerhouse. Yeah, so. she's about to be a powerhouse. And that's so, why I think nine, I, I think I five was too high, was way too high, but I think yeah, nine for me high. fits perfectly. All right, well, we'll work with it. All right, what you got to uh, do? Eight is Charlize Theron. Oh, too low for Charlize. Show Charlize some love. Some uh, It's a punt for me, not that much of a punt, but I definitely, I'm going to tell you why I think eight's too low when I tell you where she's at. Because Charlize is, a, is the GOAT. Yeah, where Charlize struggles is that, you know, she only has one Oscar win for Monster. Which you can argue is a really weird cast for her because she because she's supposed to be playing a person that's in like her mid thirties when she's she playing prosthetic like twenty seven. Bro, she was incredible in Monster. But uh, so Monster, you know, Bombshell, 
Uh, you know, some, some of her earlier work, she was in That Thing You Do, um, Devil's Advocates, Mighty Joe Young, Cider House Rules, Reindeer Games. You know, she's been in all sorts of stuff. You know, Italian Job we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for the sheer fact that, that you bag on Italian Job as much as you do, I can't believe that you have <laughs> Charlize Theron higher than, than uh, eight. So. I got to. I got to. Charlize Theron's the GOAT, bro. She's one I of, did most recently watch Prometheus. Terrific. I'm going to I'm going to explain why I got Charlize Theron higher than 8, but I'm not and mad. And then at of you. course, uh, Mad Max Fury Road is where I kind of lead the most uh with her. Mhm. And uh yeah, we'll see what she does when she does the Furiosa movie mm-hmm. and then Atomic, Oh, she's not in that. Atomic Blonde. She's oh, not in right. the Furious movie. It's about that's the right. young Furious. It's yeah, yeah. uh Anya Taylor-Joy. But, um, We'll see how she does with Atomic Blonde too. I haven't seen Atomic Blonde one. So. See, okay, that's one. That okay, we are gonna get into that. Uh, but for me at number eight, I got Jodie Foster, the Queen, uh, from Silence of the Lambs, uh, Contact, oh, okay. Taxi Driver. You put her pretty high. Yeah, I, I'm a big Jodie Foster fan. I think Jodie Foster is one of the best actresses, and every time she steps out, she does an incredible job. Inside Man, she has a great performance in. Uh, Hotel Artemis. Um. The uh, she's gonna be in the Manchurian in 2021, so that's we're looking forward to that. But like I said, her role in Inside Man, she was great. Panic Room, uh, and then <laughs> Taxi Driver, The Brave One, Contact, and Silence of the Lambs. So I love Jodie Foster. All right, uh, so that was our eight. So now we're at seven. Mm-hmm. Seven's where I have Julianne Moore. Ah, okay, not too much, not too much higher than me. Okay, yeah, Julian, yeah. So, uh, you know, for all the reasons that Lynn said earlier for Julianne Moore, you know, especially watching Boogie Nights and Hannibal just this week, uh, she's pretty fresh on my head. And I think she's done a terrific job. It's one of those things where she has this face where it's like she really melds into her character. Like she's mm-hmm. like I can really she makes her character super believable. And then I forget that they're Julianne Moore. Yep. Um, so that's why I feel like she deserves to be seven. She's definitely a top 10. So I'm glad you had her up in here oh, too. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have a top um, 10. That'd be disrespectful. She's, ter- she's terrific. Uh, what does she have coming up? Uh, coming up, let me see. She's got, um, I'm pulling Julianne her up. Moore. I don't know what she has coming up, but I know she was just in the, uh, a- a- Amy Adams woman in the window movie. So, oh, dear Evan Hansen, but, mm. um, I was Lissy's story. I think we talked about it last week um, with the uh, Stephen King telling. Ah, okay. Series. Okay. Uh, she's going to be in Mother Trucker as Joy Mother <laughs> Trucker. Uh, okay. Oh, th- listen, listen to this. Chronicles a friendship between Amy Butcher and Joy Mother Trucker, an Instagram celebrity and a female ice road trucker. <laughs> Go ahead, Julianne Moore. I'm going to check it out. So, you know. Crazy stuff, man. All right. For me, I know this is a punt. You're going to be mad at me for my number seven. I already know this is this is probably one of my worst puts, but I'm just not the biggest fan of hers. Maybe I haven't watched enough movies, but I got Kate Blanchett at number seven. Sorry. Is that too low? I don't have her too much lower. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Kate Blanchett, great Lord of the Rings fame. Uh, she was in Elizabeth fame, uh, playing a, the uh, playing Queen Elizabeth, which everybody's doing now in The Crown. They're basically she started all that. She was in Hannah. She was in Robin Hood, Babel, uh, The Aviator as Catherine Hepburn. She was in uh, Thor, uh, Ragnarok as uh, 
hella just a great, great actress all I around. Carol. She does have some stinkers, but when she's at her best, she's one of the best. Yeah, facts, facts. So that's my number seven, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett, I'll talk about her next week. But to end my list this week, I have Kate Winslet. Oh, okay. You have her. I can give spoilers for my next week, Willis. I feel like she's one spot higher. Yeah, she's one spot higher for me at five. She starts next week. So I, f- I feel like we're pr- pretty close to flipping that uh, with and, Kate Winslet and Blanchett. Mayor of Easttown changed my whole... When I saw Mayor of Easttown, I was like, all right, Kate Winslet, you going up on the list, baby. Mayor of Easttown is incredible. Yeah, I haven't gotten to that yet. I'm waiting oh, on you it, tr- so. your, your girlfriend is holding you back for that one. You need to tell her y'all got to watch that. Well, it's not, her. it's not her that's holding me back. I'm holding it back because I, I don't want to, like, rewatch because I know that mm. she'll really enjoy it. And I'm like, oh, let me just wait. Let me just wait. Yeah, it, it's great. Yeah, it, but It's everything, but, you know, your honor, that we loved about your honor, but with Kate Winslet. With Kate Winslet, I mean, her career in the 90s and Sense and Sensibility. Mm-hmm. She was in Hamlet, Titanic. Some of the biggest movies. Uh, some of the hugest movies that, that there were at the time, going in the 2000s and stuff like Finding Neverland. Uh, mm-hmm. She was in um, Revolutionary Road. Great movie. Contagion, which is a really good movie. Uh, yep. She she's in the Divergent series, which is you know not whatever. But like I said, she got a, a prestige, probably gonna win an Emmy, uh, television show right now, Mayor of Easttown. She's and she's gonna be in Avatar too, believe it or not. Nice, okay, that's what's up. All right, so for my number six, this is my final uh, Linden moment where I do two in one. This is Tilda Swinton slash Charlize Theron. Now Tilda Swinton to me is an incredible actress. Tilda Swinton has been in things like Grand Budapest Hotel, where she's unrecognizable. Snowpiercer, where she she plays a pretty a pretty good to decent role. She's going to be in uh, The French Dispatch, uh, same director as Grand Budapest Hotel. But and she was in things like Trainwreck, Hail Caesar. Uh, Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton, which is one of my favorite roles by her. The uh, In Michael Clayton, when she does the scene where she's rehearsing to herself, the speech she's going to give just shows how yes. good of an actress she is. Absolutely great. Constantine. Tilda Swinton is so versatile. She's in, she's in Constantine? I haven't watched yep. all that. She's in Constantine. She's in Vanilla Sky. Yeah, she's in Vanilla Sky. Really short. Really short role, but, but you know. Important. important role, exactly. So Tilda Swinton has to be mentioned. But to me, Charlize Theron has to be number six because she's the queen of action. From Mad Max to Atomic Blonde to Hancock, Mont, like she has just been in action movies and she is one of the best at action movies. Old Guard, Old Atomic Guard, Blonde, yeah. um, the uh the, the Fast and the Furious uh, uh series is um I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um that's really it. You, in terms of action, ones. no, in action, she's been in some other action movies besides those Hancock, like I said, uh Mad Max, Eon Flux, the Italian Flux. job. She just kills it at action. But if you want to see her act between Mad Max and Monster, just shows the capability of her acting skills, along with bombshells. Absolutely great. But Atomic Blonde is the perfect spy series. And, you know, Charlize Theron kills it. So I think she got cheated out of being the headliner of Mad Max. I think she got cheated out of being Wonder Woman. Because DC, because uh, she wanted to be Wonder Woman at first. DC wanted her to be like a villain or something. 
I don't know. I kind of like the fact that it's someone that doesn't necessarily have a huge catalog. Feels that. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not mad at that. But I'm glad it kind of worked out for her because I'd rather her in in Atomic Blonde because I think that fits her better than being Wonder Woman. For sure. sure. So, But that's our list. Let's go through 10 through 6. I'll give mine real quick. Should we just because I got it right here. Number 10, Julianne Moore. Number 9, Regina King. Number 8, Jodie Foster. Number 7, Kate Blanchett. And number 6, Tilda Swinton slash Charlize Theron. Yeah, so you had a mixture of my last week and next week. So Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I had... Uh, Saoirse Ronan at 10, Julia Roberts at 9, Charlize Theron at 8, Julianne Moore at 7, and Kate Winslet at 6. Nice, nice. Uh, Well, our our top five is... You you should know who we haven't said. Besides me having Camp Lay Janet in there. And me having Kate Winslet. Everything else you have Kate Winslet. I'm pretty sure everything else is the same. (laughs) Yeah. it, it It probably will be the same order, too. Maybe it just depends Maybe. where you put Viola Davis. Yeah, I'm still debating on that. It, it I think, but it's, Amy, but it's I not think, one or two. I think Amy Adams <laughs> and Viola Davis's places are the ones that we may switch. Maybe okay. My one and two set. So oh yeah, my one and two set too. Like it's it's done. Yeah, so and, like and, I, you talk, I, I, and you talk shit on your number two today because <laughs> like it was warranted. <laughs> It was. It definitely was. But that's all anyone who's in Dear Evan Hansen, you know, may may deserve a downgrade. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Linda, what's going on with the Bros Thing Network? Um, like I said, Saturday, pitch it going down Cash Carbon versus uh Christian Hollinger. The new episode of the Bros Who Think podcast is out. Great episode. Make sure y'all check that out. We talk all things NBA playoffs, have great commentary. Also, the latest uh, hashtag anime talk is out now, and the latest One Piece review is out now. Be sure to watch Blade Runner 2049 now. We're telling you, watch Blade Runner 2049 now because next week, the Run It Back will be out. You guys have chosen. Schubert Prisoners got zero votes. I was a little sad Uh, about that. What? It got zero votes. And what Blade Runner, for? I thought I voted for them. No, you didn't vote for prisoners. Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival were in the finals. Blade Runner 2049 ended up one? winning. Sicario. Oh, that's what I voted for because I hadn't seen it. Yeah. So Blade Runner 2049 is the movie we're reviewing. Y'all make sure y'all watch it for next Thursday. But that's all we got on the network. Follow us at Bros Who Think on Twitter and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Well, um, yeah, everyone check out what's going on with the network. We got a lot of cool stuff. Pitch it on Saturday. It'll be pretty neat. Um, and yeah, make sure you check out some of the stuff we talked about in our movie on the rise category, you know, army of the dead. We'll probably end up talking about next week. So mm-hmm. keep, keep an eye out for that. Um, but I hope other than that, I hope everyone is starting to get out to the movie theaters. Lennon made his way there this past weekend. I'm going to try and get out there at least in the week. summer. Let me see what so, they got coming out this week. Let's see if they got anything fire. Fandango. Uh, why have you not been... Do you, uh, are you scared of the movies, Shuri? No, I'm not scared. I just oh. don't... Just don't have nothing to go see? Well, I, I'm I'm trying to, to watch all these other movies. Mm, okay. So it's just like... That makes sense. You know, when I have the time, I'm watching these uh, these other older movies. Mm, okay, I feel. There hasn't been that. anything that's been like too big a draw. Like Wrath of Man's cool, but like I could watch Wrath of Man at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, what's really gonna get me going 
Yeah, see, there's the, nothing for me to go watch stuff. this weekend. Nothing. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to watch Spiral. I'm not spending I mean, money to go watch Spiral. I'm sorry. Because, I mean, even when Cruella comes out in a couple weeks, I'm going to watch that on Disney Plus. I'm just pay for it. Oh, yeah. Cruella and Quiet Place comes out next Thursday. I may go watch Quiet Place in theaters. Just depends on if my girlfriend wants to. That's a cursed decision. That's not a Lynn decision. Like, I'm, if she wants to go watch it, I'm down because I like the theaters. Especially since our theater got new seats. Oh, the best seats ever. Push the little button. Legs go up. Boom. Chilling. Oh, you got those now? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. We, we popping in Lafayette now. Big chilling. And it's right by my house. Yeah, that was, that was part of my movie choices when it came in New Orleans. I was like, do I want to go to the recliner seats? Do I want to go to the good times? Or do I want to go to the closest one? Yep. And see, it works because the closest one and the recliner seats are the same one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But um, other than all of that, I hope everyone has enjoyed this episode of the Bros Who Binge Podcast, episode 136. We're, we're getting and close hope- to 150. Yep, and I hope everyone out there has a great week, and as always, keep binging.